Battle Line Podcast, episode 155. It's crazy. We're, we're approaching three years of doing this show. Thank you so much to everyone who's been on board. And we have a hell of a show for you today because we got Quint Emerson and Dale Sizemore. And we were talking about what movies got right, what movies got wrong for military guys. And uh, I think people are going to love this discussion. Yeah, it's fun. Just having a good time with with everything. And I, I think people will be surprised at the, the stuff that military guys nitpick too in movies that <laughs> that that you that uh that people miss or they just don't know. And one little thing, a hand placement wrong or a movement wrong or, or verbiage wrong, and, and it's like ah, it's just movie's dead. So um yeah, I think it was but yeah, great. It's, I, brother, it's it's it, it's amazing also that we're at 155. I didn't know we had that many episodes in, so that's pretty cool in itself, man. Yeah, yeah, it's it's wild. I mean, so many guys that we've interviewed and um, and so many more to get to as well. Um, before we get to this one, man, I have to tell you uh, that that Beard Vet Coffee has really become like yeah. my everyday thing. That's my pre-workout. I love it. And I was reluctant at first because I will be the first to say, I there's so many coffees that I have where I'm like, this sucks. I can't do it. Like I'll, every now and again, a Starbucks is closed or something. And I'll go to Dunkin' Donuts and I'm like, this is terrible. I love Beard Vet coffee. That's become it's, my favorite coffee. It's good. And the K-Cups are awesome. I am a fast guy. Even with my leg, I, I don't want to brew coffee unless I really just got time and hours in the day to do it with the press. Their K-Cups are awesome. Honestly, I love and and package, I like a good strong coffee. That's why I like is. it. That's what I love about it is you know it's it, it, and I people I do drink Starbucks every once in a while. I do like their K cups. I like the beer vet ones better because they're stronger. That's exactly why and and it mixes well with with the, with the buffs that we put in there. So guys, beer vet coffee has been tremendous and and I believe they're offering a battle line discount. At least we asked. Yes, them. yes, cool. and and. Uh, uh, and I'll throw out there, man. I mean, there's no shortage of vet bro or bro vet out there. <laughs> I think they are. And I've tried a bunch of them. I think they're yeah. by far the best. And I just like their mission. I like what they do. I, I, I like, you know, I like Sean from there. So I think they're the best. What would you say? Bro vet, vet bro. Coffee I, you know, I guess market. if it's a good foundation, yeah. Best bro vet out there. My, that's what I use. And uh, the, the sets them apart and it always sets people apart. If you're in the bro vet community, is having the ability the k-cup makes it makes it great because there's a lot out there that don't so whether you like just normal normal brewed coffee which is tremendous they make great stuff uh, uh but also like i said they're k-cups i use those that's what i love to use i use them uh, every morning they're tremendous and you can taste the coffee that's what you want you want to be able to taste it so even with me using tons of sugar and cream <laughs> i can still taste the coffee and I, I, I think it's tremendous. And, and I do, again, I love their mission over there. They're doing the right things and they're, they're supporting the right groups as far as if you want to be a legitimate foundation, legitimate person that helps, they are. And man, they're just great guys over there. So good coffee, good people. And, it's, and they go for a discount for us. What else do I need to say? <laughs> go yeah. pick it up. And, and in terms of the mission, I should throw out there, they give back to a veterans charity every single yeah. month. Sean himself is a Marine. So yeah, check them out. They also have great merchandise. It's not just coffee. They've got the beard oil, all that yeah. stuff. So yeah. beardvet.com. They've got a huge Twitter following as well, at beard underscore vet on Twitter, at team beard vet on Instagram. And yes, they do have a promo code, promo code Tonto. Just spell it right, T-A-N-T-O. 
and you're going to get 10% off. So beardvet.com, promo code TATO. From Omaha, Nebraska to New York City, from planet Earth to extraterrestrial life in space, a podcast with no equal, engaged in unconventional warfare through your speakers and headphones. This is a show about embracing the suck, conquering your demons, and finding God in the face of adversity. Chris Tonto Peranto. Switch is on. Motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face. Ian Scotto. You know, Ian and I have been dead for a long time. You are now tuned into the Battle Line Podcast. The Switch is on Battle Line Podcast. This is a really exciting show. We've got Dale Sizemore on, Quint Emerson on, and originally we had Rudy Reyes lined up in John Waters. Um, Rudy Reyes is getting slammed by Hurricane Ian, not talking about myself, of course. John Waters has his twin uh, babies that he's got to worry about. But at the end of the day, I was thinking, let's be honest, 90% of the movies are Army and Navy, right? So yeah, we don't need no damn... Yeah, fuck Marines. Yeah. I ain't real. I, no, I'm kidding, guys. I, everybody, oh, shit. Here we go. Here we go. I'm going to get I'm gonna get trolled like a motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I like... Hey, Clint, I like that background, man. That's old... I don't know something that old school reminds me of like we're in a 70s diner with the with the with the zebra background in the back man so yeah it's the road it's the rotund the rotunda here at chicago o'hare oh you're oh, really <laughs> that's, I'm in between that's right flights. yeah see I'm, yeah. I'm psyched that you were able to make this work then that's that's awesome man that's dedication that you guys were able to do this um and I, so just to give some background i mean I, a lot of this audience knows of course clint emerson navy seal and dale sizemore who we had on the reason Dale is really perfect for this show, I would say, is that Dale was portrayed in Black Hawk Down. Um, and that's why we'll probably not get into 13 hours in Black Hawk Down, because we talked about Black Hawk Down a lot on your show. But Dale's story is just amazing. I mean, got back in the fight after, and I don't remember exactly, because it's been ping a while, pong, but you, you completely, after, bro- you completely broke your accident. arm, right? No, it was a ping pong accident, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was ping pong. <laughs> but, you, but you broke your arm completely, right? And then got back in the no, fight in Mogadishu. No, no. Nope, I uh, I was wrestling with the colonel from Delta, um, Colonel Harrell, and yeah. um, we landed on my elbow. And a few days later, it just it swelled up. I had uh, ended up with cellulitis and bursitis, so it was like it was like a football on the end of my elbow. They cut it open, uh, stuffed it with gauze, you know, put like a three quarter hard cast on, and I was getting uh, IV antibiotics every three hours and a hep block in the other arm. So, you know, it was just. It's just one of those things. I just didn't want to get smoked, you know. I mean, yeah. I was, <laughs> and, and and Quint, you, you you can you can you know thank Chris and I for you know for saving you guys you know all the time we spent. Uh, I'm not even getting into that, <laughs> dude. Don't even start. I don't want to get into that shit. 
I know Clint, Clint and he, if he wasn't in the airport, I know he'd be <laughs> saying so and you'd kiss his ass. All right. All right. I like, oh my gosh, really already, Dale? All right. Well, I, Clint, well, I, Clint I, if you don't. I'm from the Marines, so I had to, I had to do the other side. <laughs> Bill's going to be calling you, pissed at you already, you know. <laughs> uh, Dale, hey, Clint, if you don't know, Dale is, Dale is still old school fucking 90s rangered out motherfucker. <laughs> From yeah. back in, that's what I love it, man. But no, what what Ian saw, but with the cast and all that, that was correct. I know that because I I, yeah. I fact checked with with Floyd. You know, I know Floyd. I know Colonel McKnight, yeah. and they're like, yeah, did Dale actually? Did he actually <laughs> say I'm going to cut this off and and just so I could call you a pussy if you did because the movie made you cook? Yeah, exactly. But he's like, yeah, I, Dale. Dale was sitting and gone, and he actually threatened to cut his thing off to get it, which is to go out in combat. So that's pretty impressive. That, that is impressive, dude. That's why. I had to live up to your your. That's how all of us were raised, though. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, dude. I mean, yeah, and, yeah. It, it it doesn't matter. Seals, Rangers. Um, I mean, that's that's why we're out there. Yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah, Clint. Thanks for you guys both coming on, and and now yeah, just make this lighthearted, just just fun. I, I mean, bust each other's balls a little bit if you want, but um, you know, I think with this is just just coming on and, and talking more so of. Yeah, we can talk about the realism, but you know it's movies, and what can we do? But also, but I just think I think that's important though, because I think the reason, and actually, the I think the first show we ever did, Chris, we were speaking about ideas for shows in the future. I really mm -hmm. think that, like the first ever show, nearly three years ago, we said we got to talk about movies, and we got to talk about the realism of some of them, because I know for you guys, if you see a movie and something is so inaccurate, you're completely checked out. You're like, this would never happen. I can't even follow this anymore. So I figured let's compile a list of all these different great military movies. And let's see which got them, which, which got things right, which got things wrong. Oh. And of course you guys would say you're the two movies portrayed about your lives. They got things right. You know, so they did for the most part. I mean, there's still some sensationalism. I say sensationalism. They just have to, they, they have to mash so much together because they're trying to get 24 hours, 36 hours, sometimes in some of these movies, months within a two hour time period. So you do see a mash of characters. I mean, I, I'll even, and you can speak on this more than I can, Dale, but even in Black Hawk Down with Paul, you know, Hoot, that was yeah. a combination of Paul Howe and, and then um, there's a couple other guys that were yeah. mashed together where our chief of base, Bob, actually he's a mashup of our chief and our team leader who was a clown. <laughs> You did, but it was their combination of characters as well. So honestly, though, I since Clint hasn't said anything, yeah, what I want to get is is not just the movies itself, Clint, but but you know, I know you you look you watch them, you like the rest of us. What are some things that you go into when you first start to look that when you you see it, it makes you like, I'm gonna walk out of the theater right now. I'm done. This is I they screwed it up, whether it's a it's a tactical thing they've done wrong or just maybe verbiage or maybe overdoing the bravado because Hollywood loves to overdo the bravado. What is something you look for in a movie that if you watch it in this military movie and you see it and, and it just turns you off, you, you just want to walk out of the theater? Oh man, I don't, you know, I'm all about the entertainment, you know? So whenever there's those discrepancies, it doesn't really bother me that much. But when you see like a hand grenade blow up a building, you know? <laughs> We have all seen that. I'm like, wow, that's one hell of a anger. The unlimited magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They refer to their clips as, or their <laughs> clips, and I'm like, okay, whoever the technical advisor was sucked for this movie. Um, but I think you know we do it all the time with like 
just weapons handling alone. As soon as you see that first scene where someone's handling, whether it's a pistol or a rifle, and they're handling it like TJ Hooker or something. <laughs> and, yeah, you know that uh, this is going to be a long run, you know. And yep, yep. I, yeah, and I, I, yeah. I'm the same way. I, I, I'm the same way. It's it really is the weapons handling. You see, or you see that the muzzle just flashing everybody around, or or yeah, you, you see the referral. Like I said I, even in 13 hours where, where Pablo had his hand down on that 46, where that palm was down, like, holy fuck, nope, we got to redo that scene or every ranger is going to walk out of here. Yeah. And, it, and it's simple things like that, that you just know, okay, are they're there. Cause if they're not taking that seriously, then to me, they're not taking this other stuff seriously, which is right. the, the team, the teamwork, the brotherhood aspect of it, the personalities aspect of it. The, so, um, but, Absolutely. I, I, and, and I, so I'm in agreement, but it, I guess the first one I want to get into, and I've always, because this was the first military movie I ever saw, and I loved it, but I was, you know, I was young at the time, was Navy SEALs, the first one, Charlie Sheen. Oh, yeah. Uh, my, yeah. And, you know, I, and even now I'll watch it, 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 you know, and the, uh, of course, the tactics and so forth. I love the repelling, everybody coming in from different angles through the windows of the building at the very beginning, and they all repel in at the same time. I, but to me, honestly, the bravado of it, the, 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 I still, the camaraderie, even when I watch it, it's still the same. You have that Charlie Sheen. That's that crazy motherfucker. You got the captain, the, the, Lola, the and then you've got all these other on there that you, they're all different personalities and they all work together. I still think they got that right. I really, I really do. And the yeah. craziness on the golf course. I have chased down deer oh, yeah. being drunk on a golf military golf course because I can't hit that off with my, with my driver trying to hit him because the craziness you get on military golf courses. But I don't know, Clint, since it's a Navy SEAL movie and Dale, you will have your time. I promise you, I promise you this. Um, what did, did, did you see it? And did you see it when oh, you yeah. were younger or did it, was it something that, that was it something that drove you to be a SEAL? I mean, you're like, man, this is awesome. Cause we are at that age, brother. I hate to say, it. I mean, you look good, but I know we're getting up there in age, man. You still look good. But yeah. um, what, when you saw it, what did you think, and and what was your feeling on it? And was it when you were in or when you were out? I can't. Would it come out when you yeah, first? I was. In um, let's see. I think that movie was in uh, ninety. Yeah. Ninety six. Ninety four. Ninety. Yeah. Was, yep. 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 But, yeah, I I already knew. I was I was already on the SEAL train long before that. You know, when I was ten years old, I met a I met a SEAL in, uh, in Frankfurt Airport, and uh, he told me. A and and I'm looking, by the way, guys. I'm sorry. It's it's actually 1990. Oh wow! That's wow. high school. Um, and then, yeah, so, I mean, I was, I was already on the SEAL train and then I, uh, I saw the movie, but that helped because there wasn't as many books. There wasn't as yeah. just nothing. Right. So yeah. you go to the library, there was like two books that were SEAL related. And, um, so, Borsenko? uh, I don't think his was out yet, but there was a picture book. I remember just nothing but pictures. Of just, and they had one for all of your special operations. They had like the Ranger one that was specific. They had this. I, rem I remember those. I have those. Actually, I still have them. Yeah. Yeah. Color. It was like colored yeah. pictures. Yeah. You know, weapons, guys all camied out, all that kind of stuff. But when I saw the movie, it did help kind of tie some things together, the unknowns, you know, because you hear sea, air, and land, and then you see them put it together on that jump where yeah. the water jumped straight to Drager. 
and then and you know and and then OTB, right? I was like, that's the fucking that's it. That's what I want to do. No actual team guys that jumped that and did that whole thing, right? I mean, they use nothing but real seals for all of those those scenes. And um so of course I was like, and then I remember the first time I actually got to do that, you know, coming in the Navy, getting through Bud, showing up to SEAL Team Three, and then like within a year actually jumping, you know, full dive kit into the water, fucking straight to Drager. I was like, holy fuck, we're actually, I'm actually doing, you know, we made fun of ourselves because of the movie. Um, but, and it's rare too. Like I only, I think we only did that a couple of times. And then of course the wars kicked off and you never did it again. Sure, yeah. And, and a lot of times you're just jumping Zodiacs or jumping ribs or jumping any of your jet boats. And so you'll just load those down with all your gear. So the days of jumping with all that shit on kind of went out the window, you know, but either way, you know, there are aspects that were very accurate, right. But you don't know it until you're in and you start doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but some of obviously Charlie Sheen's like carelessness and stuff like that. Like, as you guys know, your world, my world. Yeah. Two things that you're graded on 24 seven and that's performance and safety. Yeah. Performing, then you're not going to be around long. And if you have a safety violation, then you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, obviously the inaccuracies of him getting away with so much incompetence and risk just is, you know, but you do have those guys, like you said, but you're not pushing the limits like that. Like that. Sure. And, and uh, Quint, I know that, you know, Drago, who uh, basically escaped mm-hmm. communism in Poland, became a Navy SEAL guy I've met yeah. several times. And he said to me that when I interviewed him straight up, that movie inspired him to become a SEAL. So it definitely did something for recruitment. Yeah, yeah, I think it. I think it inspired a lot of guys at the time. I mean, I like I said, I was already on the train, but um, yeah, the movie certainly kind of tied some things together. Then Dick Marchenko's books. After that, I mean, then it then it obviously the spotlight went from sure. you Army guys with Stallone <laughs> and John Wayne. <laughs> you know, then it came over to us for a little while, and I know you guys are still jealous about it, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. well, I, go, well, I, I, I have to admit though come on I, the Rambo stuff was all we'll talk about that I was gonna say I, well I, I was gonna it. say that's a good transition when you said Sylvester Stallone because we, we definitely want to keep things moving along here and, well, and that I would wanna, be a great well, actually, well, I, I do want to know we got to keep things moving along I, I know but, but I know we talked about Navy <laughs> Seals though Dale was actually at that time you were in you were probably a private thing because it was a year or what yeah. or were yeah. you just I, did did I, you guys I, see that when you did you see it when you're at Benning was Navy? I will started? tell you and and don't please don't don't publish this part. But I'm, no, if you, I, I, we can't really, I really edit right now. Dale, Dale, I, Dale, I, Dale. I really if you want, Dale, wait, 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 wait. If you want to publish, I, I'm gonna because it's hard to edit video right now. Okay. I mean the the Navy SEALs. I mean I was like I was like these guys the fucking shit. And when I was when I went to see the Army recruiter and. And and then you know I talked to the Navy recruiter also, but it, you know there, there was no guarantee that if you signed up that you would get a chance to go to Butts. You know, and and so it that for me, um, it was was one of the big things that that you know pushed me toward the Army. Well, I am gonna, I am definitely going to publish this part. Actually, it's going to go on the Ranger website now that Dale Sizemore wanted to become a CEO. No, you're fucked, dude. Yeah. No, no I just I wanted to make sure there, just because with video, it's it's harder to do a smooth edit. So I, you know, it, it's one of anyway. I do want to keep things moving along because we got so many movies to cover. But you mentioned Sylvester Stallone, Rambo. I mean, I think it's safe to say 
not a whole lot of realism, but it's a movie that people love. Dale, take take it, man. Look, yeah, First I'm Blood a- and Rambo in general. Dale, you're deaf. Man, I tell you, you're, you're so <laughs> rangered out, dude. Are you drinking already? Are you already drinking no, this no, morning? I, I, I wish. I wish I've got some Tonto vodka in my cooler. Yeah. I, well, I, well, Dale, did talk about if you can. We were first blood. If you when you saw Rambo, Rambo the first time, and, and what what'd you think? And and even today, I mean, I still love watching Rambo oh, yeah. today. Now, I mean, back then, it was it was all entertainment. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, I I really d- didn't have a, a, a. When did Rambo come out? Was it was that early? It was in the 80s. 80s. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah I got first blood here. High you know, I, I really had no reference for a lot of those movies. You know, Platoon yeah, first, and stuff like first that. blood, nineteen eighty-two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, it, to, to me, I was like, I was like, he's a bad motherfucker, you know. And um, but for entertainment purposes, I mean, that was a, that was a great movie, and really, they, they kept that pretty, pretty good. You know, he was just kind of running through now, jumping off a cliff into a tree, and you know, sewing up a you know twelve-inch gash in his oh, side. What are you talking about? You're talking about log tabbers don't do that? ODAs don't do that? I thought they did that shit all the time. I'll tell you they did. I mean, you do what you got to do, but. Yeah. <laughs> and and but no, they, yeah. go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, buddy. But they kept him, they kept him pretty, pretty true to a, a warrior, you know, um, really just kind of hiding and, and ambushing guys and um, wasn't, a, it, it wasn't too far-fetched except for, you know, a few, few occasions. Well, I, I, that's what I, I honestly now I think Rambo after the wars after global war on terror I think it's even more so not the tactical part but his feelings of coming home and feeling right I, I think at that time the Vietnam vets and the ones I talked to in Vietnam they they they, they love that movie but it hurt them because they understood what he was going through I think think a lot of our generation understood that until after GY and now I think a lot of them watch it now and be like, okay, now I can relate to that. Yeah. Not that, again, we were treated way better than the Vietnam vets. We were, I just say we were. But to feel that, hey, being, feeling not, not part of civilian life, feeling a little off and different, I think it's, it's more honestly applicable today. I saw it more as an entertainment value, like you said, when I watched it back when I was in high school. Now I watch it and I see the end of it and I'm like, okay, I, I get it now. I, I understand what why he's what he's going through. I don't know. I don't know, Clint. What do you think, buddy? Uh, on first, well, I mean, in the stuff. Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, to you too, especially. We all know SF guys that can't pull that shit. So, <laughs> I mean, let's face it. It's if it's gonna be an army guy doing all that stuff. It's it's a ranger. It's got me. That's what I was. Yeah. Uh, but and, nobody. Yeah, we. Uh, and that at that time, Dale. I don't know if you knew this, and Clint. Ranger Battalion would not let movie people, not until Black Hawk Down, the public affairs office will, would not let anybody come in to make movies about Rangers. That's why Heartbreak Ridge is Marine. That was, that was Grenader Rangers, but right. the Rangers would. And actually, I, I found that out after the fact. I'm like, why is Heart? I asked, actually, I came in and I said, why is Heartbreak Ridge Ranger, a Marine state? That's, that was a Ranger mission. He goes, well, because the PA office wouldn't allow the Hollywood to come in and talk to the Rangers until Black Hawk Down happened. But Clint, but I, I completely agree with you, buddy. The point being, I think we all know the misconception of the SF world when all of us know their primary mission is trainers and they are the world's best trainers. And it's they been are. their primary mission, even through the global war on terror, through everything. And there's only two units that concentrate on DA and reconnaissance 100% of the time, full fucking job. 
Peels and Rangers. Um, and so that's the only part anytime like the SF things brought up that I'm quick to counter. Um, does that mean they didn't, they weren't in common? Of course they were, right? Yeah. They were putting themselves out there, you know, and in the same places we were, but the mission has always been different and it still maintains to this day. So yeah, Rambo was a ranger. He wasn't, he wasn't a green. It's also, and that's what I, <laughs> I tell people to, I do. I, I, yeah. and I, but I do tell you what, I get that feeling of, of civilians and not being, I honestly, I got it a lot. And that's Benghazi. I, I hate, you know, it's been talked about enough, but I, I do have some feeling I know what kind of is to be left behind or some or the government to kind of turn on you. And that's where I was like, man, OK, I get that. Not not that I ever will understand the full Vietnam thing, because those guys were really shit on. But yeah. I do understand, man, a little bit. I get a little taste of, wow, they really were treated like dog shit for serving their country. And I, I and this movie, if it helped them get through it, and I think it has helped a few of them get through it. You know, it was a wonderful movie to put out there. But I'm mean, like with Clint too. I'm like, man, that doesn't look like foreign internal defense, man. I'm sure that's their duty. <laughs> that's not a pin uh, But and well, again, moving on. I, I, what I get into next is, and this is what I, I think it was the worst act acted military movie ever. But it was the most tactically and technically accurate. And it was, and I do know actually, I do, I do know Scott Weimer. I know Wyme from uh, Active Valor. Um, he's a great guy. Love that guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so, Clint, what did you on Active Valor? I, I still like, man, if I just got to get through the acting part. And the senior master chief, he was the worst actor in the whole thing. I get through his parts. But I tell you what, the teamwork and just the tactics, it's amazing. But I don't know. You, you're, you're from the teams, man. What did you think you on that? You have to remember that that whole production started as recruiting videos. And no then shit. it grew out of control into this movie thing and, and the Admiral and the Warcom kept kind of saying, hey, let's just take it to the next level and the next level and the next level. And so it became the baseline of like, you know, when our head shed started to get upset about no easy day and people writing about Bin Laden, every single argument went back to Active Valor because it was so supported by Warcom and grew into this movie, which it was never supposed to be. Wow, I didn't know that. Huh. And, and you know, so then it, it, it basically shut down the headshed from telling guys, you can't do this, you can't do that, because they actively supported a fucking full-blown movie that gave up. Yeah. You know, you're seeing everything in there. You know, well, you're seeing right? a lot of the uh, capabilities that you don't, you know, one needs to see all that, you know what I mean? Well, that's, but, that's yeah. what did they do? What did they do on and that's what, was the uh, going into that, how, how did they get that cleared? I mean, you are, you're seeing tactics, you're seeing, you're seeing all the equipment we use. I mean, that's oh, yeah. spot on. Yeah. Just the, the missions, what, how did they get that through? And what, what happened amongst the teams when you guys saw that? When you're like, holy shit, they're giving everything OPSEC, they're giving it away in a movie. Here's, here, here's their, our entire intel to the yeah. Al Qaeda. Well, when you're, when you're, obviously active duty guys we were like what the fuck especially started seeing the dudes that are in it because every you know just like your community there's a story for every guy sure. <laughs> you know you see and you're like oh i know yeah that had me right in front of me one time you know or whatever you know what i mean so of course you you are just like just like you guys you immediately start turning the microscope on on every single team guy that was in the movie 
Um, but overall, yeah, no one liked it. We were like, what the hell the fuck did this happen? And that's what opened the door for every other team guy to start doing everything under wow. the sun. Right? It really was that even though there was already stuff before it and there'll always be stuff after it but because it was so heavily supported by the ad at the time that became really our own nemesis because now you've got seals getting out and doing everything under the sun now and there's no regulation because of that movie supported by wow i had no idea i, I had no clue that's what it was and that's I, unbelievable oh my yeah. gosh well, I don't know if I like it as much as I used to now. Now it kind of pisses me <laughs> off. Like, holy shit. That's kind yeah, of I fucked mean, up. Guys in there are fucking active duty. Well, yeah. I mean, they were like asked to, hey, you're going to be in these recruiting videos. And it turned into a fucking movie. Do you, have you ever talked to any of them? Did they know that? Or did they feel like they were duped? They're like, holy shit. No, we I, of- well, I think if anything, they were duped on the money they should be making. <laughs> oh, shit. That's <laughs> hell Yeah. Fucking but, uh, Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they got a lot of, uh, yeah, they had, you know, you're talking U.S. assets being yeah. used in Hollywood production, right? Taxpayer dollars being used in Hollywood production. So, yeah, it's Jeez. a little odd. I never really thought, of, damn Hollywood, sons of bitches. I t- I, I, yeah. I, 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 that's, I, a, that's a good one because yeah. we're learning new insight into these that I didn't think we would. That's And it's awesome to hear about this type of stuff. Um, Let's let's keep it moving because, like I said, we got a lot of movies to hit here. One that I added, and I remember Debbie Rashawn spoke about it on the episode way back when she was on. Um, I figured I'd add it here. I've heard a lot of opinions, good and bad. The Hurt Locker. Dale, seen- I did, I, I I did, and Dale, uh, but I know I the tactical part of it is awful. I mean, the EOD part, maybe I don't know. I'm not a, but I I've never met an EOD guy that's a sniper. Uh, I've never met EOD guy that did, they clear buildings by themselves. It, it, that was, <laughs> that was awful. Um, and they, the, whoever the tactical advisor on that was, and uh, it was terrible. It was on that side. And then also the portrayal of the contractors. That was a joke. Oh my gosh. That was so you kid. Yeah. I was a contract many, many years at that time too. And I, we were never in a land cruiser driving around the desert on our own, just looking for people to snatch. Maybe on some of the Polar Quest or the PQ or some of the other CIA, maybe they were doing that. But I'll be honest, I've never met anybody outside of an active duty element, Dev Grew, Green, Red, that were doing things like that. But and it also but it also wasn't just in one Land Cruiser. I mean, that was an actual operation. Um, But the one thing they did get was when he was home shopping and he's trying to pick the cereal and he's trying to say, Oh my gosh, what I understood that, especially from my early days. Like I am here picking cereal. This is mundane. This is what am I doing here? And that was when I really was doing a lot of deploying. So I wanted to be overseas. I didn't want to be home. Even and that's when I had my firstborn kid too. So I understood that playing with my son, but going not really wanting to be home. You know, you want to be gone. I don't know. Clint, did you ever see it? Did you ever see Hurt Locker at all? And yeah, I did, and I agree. I mean, I think, obviously, they had to spice up EOD guys, right? I mean, really, if you look at it, and you guys, we've always had EOD guys on the at the back of the train, right? We yeah, all have of course. Their job, and um, but everything they do is it's kind of boring, right? It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't make, you know, so they had to add in the press to make a damn movie, you know? But for the most part, it's not like, 
you know, wearing that Michelin, that Michelin man suit walking around, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they got the tactical part too that got me on that is if you watch it, Jeremy Renner is supposed to be a former Ranger. So he's got a combat school, but he's an E6 or E7. And I'm like, well, wait a second. Where's his tab then? If he's that high, high up in a rank and he's six, uh, he just uh, came from Ranger Battalion. He's got a scroll. Motherfucker's got to have a tab because he wouldn't have made E4 without getting kicked out of the Ranger Battalion without his tab. And as honestly, as soon as I saw that too, I'm like, fuck, they fucked this thing up. How did they get that stuff wrong, do you think? I mean, because there's got to be military advisors on the set, I would think. Do you think either they're unqualified or it just slips their mind? I don't yeah. know. Well, you got to give me your opinion, guys. I got my opinions, and just from being on a set with one of the probably the the, the original military. Advisors. They probably. They, I mean, my guess is they had an EOD guy, but they didn't have someone that does Wait. the basics. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm I'm with you. I, I know. I my thing is, and Harry and Harry Humphreys is the right now. I mean, he's the man that does everything. Yeah. He did our he did our movie. Um, and he started with The Rock, which honestly, The Rock, even though it's not a military movie, at that time, it probably was the most tactically accurate movie when it did have the military personnel in it with the SEALs and the Marines. Or so, and that was Harry Humphreys. Um, oh, yeah. Big time. And he's getting older, though, now. So I think, I think Clint, there's an opening, buddy. You, you, you probably need nah, to start. Kevin Kent's got that job. Oh, Kevin! Oh shit! Yeah, is, yeah. is he is he losing a little bit? Is he starting to? <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I haven't seen him in a while, but he's definitely been with Harry for yeah forever now. If you watch 13 Hours, guys, Kevin is is the big guy. He's the State Department officer, big guy with the beard. Kevin is a great guy. Uh, he was on set and he helped out a bunch. I, I don't well, know. Another one I want to get to, uh, you know, we're going back and forth, Army and Navy. I thought this would be a good one to get Quint's, um, you know, response on. And I actually don't know, and I don't know if I've ever asked you if if you crossed paths with Chris Kyle. I mean, you had a very long military career in the SEALs. Um, so, American Sniper. Yeah, I knew Chris. Um, he was at Team 3 with me. He was a new guy. His first deployment was my third, and that's when we went into Iraq and uh, – um, he was in my sister platoon, both of us being from Texas, you know, we were, we became fast friends and, um, you know, he was just a great guy. Um, obviously he'd already had a history, you know, hunting, you know, and already knew how to manage and handle a rifle. So it made him a standout when he went through sniper school. Uh, and, uh, you know, and he's a, he's a, he's definitely a crazy risk taker kind of guy. Um, and I felt like the movie portrayed his personality and his background really well. And then, of course, the rest, like we already discussed at the beginning, when you take 335 pages of a book and you yeah. try to compress it into two hours, yeah, <clears throat> you've got to do a lot of, like, you know, creative stuff in order to make it look seamless. It made it look like he's deploying on his own almost, right? He's like, oh, I got to go over there and <laughs> done, you know, and yeah. um, when reality is that was, that was over years of deployments. Right. So, um, and then there's been a lot of talk on, you know, even Chris's own accuracy with some of the, yeah. some of his stuff, you know, I've seen out there and personally, I don't, I don't care. Right. I mean, whatever he said or whatever the real numbers or I, I don't know. And by that time I had already, you know, when he was on his probably his second or third deployment, I was leaving SEAL team three. So I lost track of whatever the hell else he had going on. 
and I went out to the East Coast. So, but I felt like, you know, as far as tactics and the way that we did the overwatch for Marines that were doing daytime operations. I mean, that's, that was the moneymaker for special operations was going, Hey, we don't necessarily have to go out at night. We can go yeah. during the day. Yeah. That was like the first time to go, Oh, we don't have to use the cover of darkness. Like we've been told our whole <laughs> fucking life, you know, and they started out, let's just get out fight. And that was, and that's Jocko, right? Jocko was the first guy to say, we're not fucking just sticking with the night. We're going out during the day too. And, um, and then that just opened up the door to just op after op after op after op. Once that, once that daytime door was open, then boom, the snipers were fucking working like crazy. Um, anyway, and obviously it benefited him because, you know, he did get a, uh, a metric shit ton of kills. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Dale, you know, you watched it, I guess, watching that, but then also you were in day and night urban firefight as well. Well, that was, and, and, that, and that was new for us, too, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it, that was all new for us because every bit of training we had up until that, to the point we went to the, the compound um, to do that urban training was was all, you know, post-Panama. So, you know, we were we were in the woods all the time. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, urban combat was, was really new to us. And, you know, besides that, once or twice a year that we got to go to the shoot house and and, you know, and, and do a little bit, and, you know, and, and at that time, you know, we, we probably weren't the greatest, um, uh, you know, asset to, to be entering buildings, but that training at the compound uh, really kind of, you know, put us ahead and, and really helped lead the way to, um, you know, to get you guys to where you were, where you guys were no, actually it, experts, you know, no, it, it was, no, I, I agree. I, I don't think we're anybody's an expert. People just get better at other well, things because yeah, they yeah. do it more. But, but did you see Lone Survivor at all? And, and if you did, yeah. Did, did, yeah. What, what did you, what did you as a ranger thinking? And because we had people out there, yeah. we're not trying to be assholes. It's just, nope. you are thinking it that way. I, I do. I think it's a Marine yeah. movie, Navy movie. I look at the personalities, which I get. I understand the brotherhood, but you do look at it from a different perspective. I, I do in the branch, and and I I see like I looked at the decision making really is what what bothered me. Um, you know, not not tying up the the herder, you know what I'm saying, and 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 leaving them there for a little while so you can, so they can. Oh, you're talking about, you're talking about not not American Sniper. You're talking about Lone Survivor. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Well, you yeah. said yeah. Lone Survivor. Yeah. Okay. Oh, did we yeah. talk about Lone Survivor in America? You, no, no, you, you mentioned Lone Survivor. Survivor. You just mentioned Lone Survivor. Hold on, let me have another drink of coffee, dude. I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah. I'm fucked up. It's fine. I mean, we we can no, we transition can... it. Let's do yeah, it. That's, 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 that's fine. That's what it. I thought you were doing. No, that's how us Rangers do it. We're fucking chasing <laughs> lights on the wall. Hey, squirrel, squirrel, <laughs> chasing squirrel. Women, Seriously, chasing women, you know. <laughs> but no, no, go go go. No, let's roll into Lone Survivor because yeah. we're rolling it because America. I, I think Clint hit the nail on the head too. I, I yeah, he with did. Lone yeah. Survivor. I, yeah, and, he, yeah, he covered it well. Um, but yeah, for, as far as Lone Survivor goes, I mean, um, you know, I, I love the camaraderie. You know, I love the way they looked out for each other and loved each other. But, man, some of the decisions up on that mountain, um, I just I thought they could have done it a little better and and possibly gotten out. But but their comms were down, too. So um, I ultimately the decision not to not to tie those guys up was what was was the was the downfall. And was that uh, and and Clint on your side of the house? You know, do you guys ever AR that? Did you AR? Did you know anything behind the scenes? Did that actually happen, or was that something they just put in the movie that 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 didn't happen? I I, and again, I know you weren't there, 
but yeah. just we, we again we, we police our own so we as a ranger i know we would be policing that ourselves if we saw oh yeah i think um well number one you know we're we're talking about movies we're not talking about yeah. operations, right so right, right. got to just in case people listening get all upset we're not critiquing operation speaking no. movies but um i felt like the the similarities between uh, lone survivor and black hawk down were accurate in the fact that it it ultimately went back to leadership like gotcha. leadership yeah. that just were bad from the beginning right yeah um you had an area in afghanistan where those guys were told hey you probably shouldn't go there right it's pretty freaking nasty and they went ahead and kept pushing that train like yeah we're going to keep going in reality like outside of the movie as you guys know you sometimes just get into this op rhythm and then once you kind of get into it you know it's a couple of deployments in it becomes almost like this check in the box like yeah we're going to get guys out in the field so they took a number of guys who had never really worked together before, right? They didn't clearly identify that in the movie, but those guys were, that was a hodgepodge of dudes. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. No, I, 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 know. I thought, I thought that was a pretty tight team. I didn't know that. Oh my gosh. No, they, they were all put together, um, you know, and then they get put into an area to go do a mission where, you know, they were all junior guys, right? Um, and we all know there's not an RNS mission in those mountains that you're not going to get rolled up by a goat herder. So I'm the goat herder thing was already a scenario that had been played out a hundred times before that, before that actually happened, you know? So I feel like on the scripting side in the movie, yeah, they kind of put some stuff that just didn't make sense to me. Like, yeah, okay. the only choices is either, you know, what was it? Shoot them or let yeah. them go. Shoot like, him or right. tie him up and leave him there. Like, to, yeah. Yeah. Our, our SOP was you zip tied them, you kept them with you, with you, you went to the extract point, the helicopter lands, you sit on the helicopter, then you throw the guy a pair of medical shears to cut themselves free. And once you're off the ground, then you let people go, right? I mean, so there was some stuff, you know, I felt in the movie that wasn't exactly accurate to SOPs and it kind of made the guys look like they were, they didn't know what they're doing. Well, that, and that's what's hard with the movie. And that's why I'm wondering with, with Marcus, why he didn't, why he, if he was an advisor on it, it's something that I'm like, man, I, I wouldn't put that in there because you're making us look like a bunch of idiots and we're better than this. And it did, because I thought so and I saw it, I'm like, why didn't they do that? But then I, like we said, I'm like, well, shit, it's a movie. I, I It's a movie, so... Well, shit, maybe that's why they kept it in there. Because I, I just, I couldn't see Season Ranger, Seals, PJ, anybody doing that and not having an SOP in place, like you said, where this is what we're going to do. Take him with us and we'll let him go once we get far enough away and we're evaling out, we're exfilling. Yeah. But um, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I said, that from the head shed down, that thing had failed before it even began, you know, and that was the unfortunate part in the real world. Like, it was just... uh I think people just got into a cycle, like just send guys out the door, go do some RNS, come back, go do some RNS, come back, go, you know, and then it just that one happened to get out of hand. Uh, any uh, any history with uh, Marcus Luttrell, Quint? No, I've just met him a couple times, but yeah, nothing. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know him during all that. Okay. I came and, when he, when he, after he actually the funny part was after he was uh, 
me and one of my buddies, we were already in the whole special activities realm at that point. And so well, um, I was in Germany after they rescued him, he was on the C-17 I was on, you know, and uh, I, I talked to him briefly at that moment in time, but for the most part, left him, left him alone on the ride home. But yeah, right after he's, we were, we flew back together but I was flying back from a different deal, you know? <laughs> so Jeez. I was in like civilian clothes and you probably looking at me like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> yeah. And, and I was just going to say, we, we should also mention, you know, cause we, we went right into lone survivor, but uh, for American sniper, rest in peace, of course, to Chris Kyle and, and should mention, of course, regardless of any inaccuracies or any of that stuff, the way that Chris Kyle died. I mean, so tragic, just trying to help another veteran, out on the range, you know, going shooting and this maniac kills him. I mean, and I, I think, yeah, that definitely don't want to overlook that part of the movie. So rest in peace to, of course, a friend of yeah, yours from what you're saying. Yeah. Crazy. Um, yeah. Insane. And um, yeah, I will go into an army one. I figure we'll do a fun one because we haven't done one yet. Major pain. Yes. That is the most <laughs> accurate movie ever. I love it. I, honestly, Dale, 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 I know that's more your speed. Um, I love, I love Major Pain. Love that movie. But Dale, yeah, hit, hit it, man. And tell me, you've, I know you've seen it, you goofy bastard. Oh, yeah. I know you've yep. seen it. Um, I, the accuracy, of course, not. But but is there anything that you can say, you know what? Or brought you back to basic training or brought you back to a, to a drill sergeant or anything? The old drill sergeants, you know what I'm saying? And um, there was no softer side. I don't know. No. <laughs> but, um, but man, I'm telling you, a, a lot of it remind me of the spec form mafia. You know what I'm saying? His, his attitude was just like, yeah. like fuck you guys. <laughs> this is the way it's done. <laughs> and if you don't like it. <laughs> You're going to make your pee your pants. I remember making a guy pee, piss his pants because I wouldn't let him go pee. I mean, I did. I, I, I was that I was that turd, turd spec forward kind of guy sometimes. Um, but just I, I just I don't know. I, I just loved it because it was it, it, yeah, it did says parody the military a bit. It did. But it, it also brought out a lot of the I thought the, the humorous side that we all have in the military. I, I do. I, I really believe that we have. That. And honestly, we say that stuff when we're downrange. We'll, we'll, we'll parody or we'll, we'll repeat lines of those movies just to get through stressful times. Uh, and, and I did, I, I, I love the way he portrayed himself on there. And I love that, you know, I still use it with my kids today when somebody's, when their legs hurting, I'll say, give me your finger. You're going to feel a little bit of a pinch just to take your mind off this hurt. I'm going to make this, I'm going to break, make your, make your finger hurt. But, uh, Oh yeah. Yep. I, I, I still use that with my kids, man. I you know? say, I'm going to say, is that some, I don't know. Clint, you have kids, you don't have kids, you have kids. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a daughter. Is that just a wrench? Oh, so that does, the, that doesn't work. The little bit is that just a ranger <laughs> thing where we threaten to break? You're threatening to break our kids' bones, so some other priest doesn't. Or is that just the stupid rangers that do that, man? Uh, so hard, you're stupid. That's what that is. <laughs> no, no, hard to retard. You crossed the line, man. I don't know. I don't know, Clint. I, I know. Is that is that something you've seen, or is that something, or is there something you can take away from a, a silly movie like that? Even though I don't see it making fun of the military at all. I think it's just taking a lighthearted look. There's there's a negative way to make fun of the military. That is not one to me. It's still because Major Payne's still a badass, regardless. <laughs> and being a Marine, I wish we had Rudy here. I'd be busting his balls with that right now. <laughs> yeah. But um, 
is there anything you could, you could pull away from that? Or is there something like, man, I don't like those kind of movies at all. I wish they wouldn't no, make I like, those kind of movies. Yeah, I like them. I think it's just, it's the humor, right? It's the, it's that dark sense of humor that we all have. You know? yeah. <laughs> it, it, it highlights that. And then you've got the serious side of it in Full Metal Jacket, right? I mean, so you take the two and it's really, they're both accurate as far as, but one's leaning more towards the comical side. The other one's leaning more towards like, yeah. yeah pretty hardcore right. at the same time wow. that dark sense of humor is a must it's always you know roll right into that i i compl- i can't believe i completely f- forgot full metal jacket one of the greatest especially one of the greatest yeah, it was ba- because basic I originally, training yeah i originally wrote down just army and navy and that, you know when we knew you guys but i know that that's a classic so well, yeah and, and i think basic training honestly at that time that's that's what we all thought it was i i don't know basic and honestly basic training was I don't know if it was that difficult, but there were still guys getting hit. There were still guys getting beat when I went through in the nineties. Um, and it was the army. I don't know. I, when do you guys take the, take full metal jacket? I, I'd kind of like to get into that. Yeah. I thought it was pretty badass, And I yeah. think it, it definitely sets the tone for what boot camp probably used to be, but you know, like I went through Navy boot camp, So, you know, it's all we did was march around in the snow for like eight weeks straight just marching in the snow that's all i remember like the entire eight weeks was basically rehearsal for graduation day and i'm like what the fuck <laughs> purpose of this? that's well, that's navy well, boot camp <laughs> that still kind of sucks marching around in the snow that's still kind of <laughs> yeah. blows too i yeah. i Oh, she, yeah, because you're in Great Lakes, right? You're still doing that in Great Lakes. That's Great a, I get a side a side note here. Why the hell is Navy boot camp in the Midwest? I know we're on a lake. I've always wanted to ask that. What the what's the reasoning behind? <laughs> no clue. I have no I, like. I'm sure there's a great historical answer to that, but I sure as hell don't know. And I think I was asking myself the same question, like, what the hell? Like sideways snow. Like, I don't, I didn't understand what that had to do with the Navy, <laughs> except the fact that snow is water. Snow is water. Yes, yeah, it was water. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> well, Dale, Dale, I, I want your, because you went through, even before I did, in, in basic training in the Army in the early, in the, actually, was it late 80s or was it right the early 90s? 90, yeah, 89. I went in, uh, in uh, January of 91. And, so. And yep. you know, banning for banning, of course. Um, yeah, like I, I went in '95, and they, like I said, they were still beaten. I, I yep. and I, I don't mean just beating, I don't mean, but, but I right. mean getting physical with, oh, with, yeah. with recruits. I saw a guy get thrown across the desk by a drill sergeant on day one, which made me immediately think of Full Metal Jacket. And I thought to myself, Holy shit, I didn't think they did this Full Metal Jacket stuff anymore. The recruiter told me they don't touch you anymore. Right. And I see this kid from New York. Get, get catapulted over a desk what did you see and and again did did, did your basic training and was it anything like early army did you have an early army in, drill sergeant like that um, it, it was it was uh you know it, it it was definitely tougher than it is now but um i mean i enjoyed it uh it, our all our drill sergeants were all rangers so i knew that's what i was going to well, be yeah. um i i was fucking motivated hell even even as a private i was fucking motivated um, I, I didn't drink. So on Saturdays I'd go out and, and ruck run the fucking airfield, you know, and while everybody else was recovering from their hangovers. Um, I just, I just wanted to be a soldier. And so to, to me, none of the yelling or anything bothered me at all. 
um, you know, I, I, it was just one of those things where I held, I didn't even, I didn't even mind ranger school. It wasn't so bad. Well, fuck you. I hated ranger school. You get in, you're <laughs> not me. I was a winter uh, ranger. <laughs> and I was, I hated that too. Freezing, freezing in Florida. You're not supposed to freeze in Florida. And I was freezing yeah. in Florida. It's, it's, uh, yeah. I was a road bridge commander in, in Florida <laughs> that, and that, that fucking sucked. sucked. That sucked. I was the last one they pulled across the fucking river. And then by the time I got over there, everybody else had already fucking changed into dry clothes and I didn't have See, a chance. It sucks for yeah, that's how it goes, man. You you've been hitting the head way too many times since then. I, I can do. already tell I, I mean. Bill, today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, um ne- I was gonna say next one I want to hit on here. We'll do another navy one is uh Zero Dark 30. And we had Kristen back on recently, and I know Kristen Beck um was one of the people who who had something to do with what led to the capturing of bin Laden. And uh, according to her, a lot of uh, people were rolled into one character in that movie. Um, I know that was uh, one of Kristen's Kristen's criticisms. Uh, What did you think of Zero Dark Thirty, Quint? Uh, Well, you guys know. I mean, I was I was at the commander and all that, but um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a touchy subject to be honest with you. Like, it's uh, um. (laughs) <laughs> like there's no one that was there that actually likes talking about it because it's created so much drama for our community. But um, I thought the movie in itself was, was as accurate as you could make it. You know, there's some parts in there that I even thought was a little too much for the, for the movie. Like, I don't think it needed to be in there, but, okay. uh, but overall, like, once again, when you talk about the characters and the way the guys act and their attitude and, even the female who spent 10 years plus tracking and did all that intelligence work. I mean, that's what it's really about is her, right? And the seal yeah. component is just like the grand finale, but he really did um, bust her ass and staying like she did not budge when people tried to get her to kind of like stop, stop what you're doing. I know for a fact that she kept on going, kept on going until she won. And uh, so I feel like that part was very accurate. Um, so that's that's what's interesting that you would you that you're saying that's completely accurate, because like I said, interviewing Kristen Beck, according to Kristen, she says that's the work of a lot of people rolled into one character. Well, I, of course, of course. I mean, I'm talking in gen- generalities. You had the entire United States government working on that yeah. particular target, but when you talk about who's leading it like individually i mean that 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 part is is pretty damn real like that girl it was it didn't that girl didn't switch out 10 times it was the same person you know what i mean whereas all of us we rotate in and yeah. out all the time right we're six months in a country one year in a country and then we're gone but for her she was on it and on it i felt like that part was pretty good you know what, what, and uh, people, if you've watched the beginning of it, that first part was GRS guys. And I knew some of those guys. I knew the guys that blew up in coast. That is, yeah, that, that was, uh, you know, Doc was over there. I, and I remember, you know, Scotty was there. And that actually from the, the and I was in Kabul when that happened at that time. And um, the, from the reports that we got in GRS, that was a huge learning thing for us. And it was also a huge learning thing for us to to not bow to chiefs because we used to search guys. We would never let them on bases like Coast and Kandahar, Gecko, where they would roll all the way in because of that exact thing that happened that, night, that day where we right. allowed the guy. We would always go search them out at an outer base if they were coming on base because it was easier to lose two of us than it was to lose what happened. And 
we learned from that part there and the movie got it pretty spot on that chief of base another ci chief of base looking for looking for strikes um superseded uh south side which is the team leader there and he was an actual solid team leader on the grs guys and overruled south side south side didn't push back hard enough not his fault we 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 learn from it. We learn that sometimes hey, we're going to have to take the heat. You got to push back all the way, and that never happened again. But watching that, where he where where the chief said, "No, we're bringing this guy all the way on." No, you know, because we don't want to offend him. That's what happened in the explosion, and it killed Jeremy. It killed Jeremy, which former SEAL guy as well, and it killed Southside and it injured Doc Wyatt. Uh, and um, and honestly, that part of it. Um, that part was actually very accurate. It, it was, and it showed what not to do. And that's why, again, from there on out, we never budged on something like that. Anytime a chief would say, no, you're bringing them all the way on. We had a trump card that said, and it sucks that we had to lose guys to do that. We had a trump card that said, nope, fuck you. No, they're not coming out. We're going out there. We're searching them out where we need to search them. And, and um, it was a hell of a lesson learned. I, I liked that part of the movie, not because of the deaths, but because of, Honestly, as an agency, being an agency okayed movie, I'm surprised they let it show them in a bad light in that way. I really was like, oh yeah, they can't show that chief. And then even the meeting in Pakistan where the 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 uh, Marriott blew up or the Sheridan, whatever that nice hotel we used to stay on in Islamabad, that was fun. I mean, that's that I don't know if those two were actually there at that time, but it did blow up at that time because of again, GRS small community, when something like that happens, the whole GRS community is alerted because we may need to switch guys out and um and having a chief go looking for stripes though and trying to up theirs and sacrificing security and safety to get to get status yeah that's that's fucking seriously <laughs> accurate and um I really am surprised and and you know I, Clint because you you did some SAD stuff um I don't feel that it wasn't sensationalized at all. I saw it a lot with chiefs. I saw some great chiefs too. We had some awesome chiefs too, but I saw that where the agency would risk security for personal gain. And um, obviously I, I was a part of that, you know, even in Libya. Did you feel, I don't think they overdid it. You can disagree with me at all. It doesn't bother me, but did you see that being in an agency? Did you see that as, as sort of a, a did you see that accurate as well? Or were you like, man, they, they really made these agency look shitty on that one. That well, I, I found it interesting that there was, um, there was actually two active CIA folks on set the whole time, yeah. making sure that it was accurate. Right. Um, now, of course, that's what I heard from, you know, good friends, but, um, but yeah, I agree, man. I felt like, you know, they gave the, they gave the, you know, both sides, the good, yeah. the good, bad and the ugly and i think that's why it made it such a great movie yeah i'm, I'm with you I never got, you know d deal with the cia much as far as personally but the seeing the, the the last scene where they actually went in the assault um i i love seeing them you know destroy the helicopter you know with thermite yeah. grenade you know i mean and the and the c4 i'm like accurate then um as they were assaulting all the double taps from from every seal that that passed those dead bodies, I was like, you know, I don't I don't know that that they should probably show the real world what we do, you know, but but that that's but it's accurate. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree, and yeah, I, and I remember and I remember Maddie Waters even saying that we had Sergeant my buddy from two seven five 
saying that's what they did. They would always clean up, you know, Ranger Battalion, you assault. And then that second squad comes up and cleans up. And yeah. I remember him saying he had his leg blown off, but he's still here and his squad leader in the back, shoot that, shoot that dude again, <laughs> shoot that dude again. And but that, that is, that's spot on. It yeah. really is. And that's what you're taught. I, I agree. I, 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 you know, the agency part of it, and I have to take my personal feelings out of when I watch Zero Dark Thirty because I really have to stay. I really do. <laughs> I, I have to, but I, I I have to take my own personal like. Okay, they made her look a lot cooler than what she actually was, but that I don't know. That is a, a subjective view of mine because of some of my it still have some of those feelings for the agency itself. But you're right, having someone stay on for ten years, and I'm sure she had the option to even get off. And she stayed on it for 10 years. Sarah, Sarah, the targeter we had on, that reminded me of her, the CIA targeter. That's what that's the kind of what that's the kind of oper, operative Sarah is. She would stay on it for 10 years. But well, look what she's doing now. How long has Benghazi been? She hasn't even worked for the agency. And she's still out there targeting all the people that attacked us. <laughs> she, I mean, that's the that is the and I, I agree, I agree with Clint. The 10-year mark, I get that because I worked with people like that, and Sarah was one of them. That is just that tenacious, like uh, you're not getting away. So, you know, hell have hell those who have what's it? Um, uh, the scorn of a woman. What's a, that's the whole verb? Yeah, yeah. hell yeah. has no fury like the scorn of a woman. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, there you go. Don't piss off a woman CIA case officer or targeter, especially if you're a terrorist, because they're going to find you, even if they're not working for the HC, they're going to fucking find you. Um, I don't know. Next, we'll go next. I would talk, beat that yeah, one. Yeah, for sure. And, and I was going to ask Quint because I just see you here at the airport. Are you still good on time? I don't know how yeah, long you got your, a bunch. Uh, changeover yeah. is. Yeah, I'll probably bail here in just about a minute. Okay. Well, let's do one last Navy one then, if, if that's cool. Um, I, I'm actually, you know what? Let's just do Top Gun 1 and 2 because Top Gun 2 is the most recent military movie. I thought those were great. And I also thought Top Gun 2 proved more recently that you could have a you know, pro-military, very masculine movie, even though there were female characters, and not do something that was more tar targeted towards this, like, social justice movement. And it did yeah. tremendously. And hopefully we see more movies like that. So, obviously, you weren't a pilot. It would have been great to have John Waters on to talk about that aspect. But what do you think of both those movies? Yeah, I think they're great, man. I mean, when you're talking about, like, taking jets not we're not talking cg right there was only one part of that thing that was cg and it was the whole black star part at the beginning right that was all cg that 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 aircraft oh, wow. all that part but the rest of it is you know true like cinema cinematic just art right just like they did in the first movie right because he wanted it to be as accurate as as the first and the second i felt like the script was almost duplicated though if you really break it down, it's kind of the same script, just, you know, fast forward in time. Um, but man, I mean, you cannot like, you know, me being have gone to a bunch of different JTAC schools and the one that we go to out in Fallon working with, you know, Top Gun level pilots. I mean, it is it is much different than working with, you know, your Mark One motto, Good. you know, F-18 pilot. Right. I mean, there is a difference between the two. And, um, and, and having them work the range, you rack and stack 22 of them, you got on comms, you're rolling them in dash one, dash two each time. And they're cool. those moves that they're making where they flip over and look down at the earth through their yeah. canopy like that. 
and still be able to orientate themselves. Like I'd be, I'm a dyslexic <laughs> yeah. motherfucker. Like I would, <laughs> like, you know, that they push gardens fucks me up, you know. <laughs> and, these are, and these are 20 something year old kids, right? I mean, they're not even 30 yet, and they're flying these machines just like you know people people play game, you know, the gamers these days. Yeah. I mean, ass man <laughs> but yeah i i mean i got utmost, utmost respect for naval aviators they are fucking they are badasses at what they do for yeah. sure yeah. yeah that's why it would be great to have uh john waters on if we do this another time because he's someone who's actually lived that and done that he's and he and he puts it up on his instagram you could see him doing those moves up in the air he's amazing um but if, if you have to go quint um yeah I, I know there's so much stuff that you could plug that you're up to. Uh, can you survive this podcast? Violent Nomad clothing line, which I have a Violent Nomad shirt. Those are great. A uh, hundred deadly skills. What what stuff do you want to plug here before you get out of here? There's there's a lot. No, it, to. yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, everything I've got going on is at clintemerson.com. And of course, my Instagram is kind of my primary. But yeah. There's plenty. There's probably too much out there at this point. So you know, that's a that's a good thing, man. Being being an entrepreneur <laughs> and having multiple yeah. multiple facets, that's a good thing. Uh, bro, yeah. well, again, that's awesome. I know how to. I know doing podcasts in airports or interviews suck. So I appreciate you doing that, man. Especially in O'Hare, been there, and so that's awesome that you at least find the time to come on when you're when you're there in O'Hare. Thanks, buddy. Uh, of I really appreciate it, man. I was hey, at O'Hare. Nice to not, meet you, brother. Not the nicest airport, for, for sure. Um, I was going to wear my Violent Nomad shirt, but I should say for the people watching video, if they want to see, you're wearing a Violent Nomad shirt right now. All the shirts that you've put out are badass. Yeah, say <laughs> something so it pans to you, because it's going to pan to me. <laughs> there you go. So there you go. I'm talking, talking. There it is. Violent Nomad. <laughs> yeah, those shirts are awesome. I, I love all the Violent Nomad shirts. So, Quint, thanks so much for doing this, man, and taking the time. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Great. buddy. Yeah. Be, be safe, Great. brother. Hope you guys are enjoying this show so far. As you can see, Quint Emerson had to duck a little early, but we got plenty more to go with Dow Size, more plenty, plenty of more movies to cover. And I got to tell you, my current um, favorite Bubs Naturals product has been the apple cider vinegar gummies. I mean, I think for cleansing your body, yeah. we should say they're great, but don't take too many of them. They do taste great <laughs> uh, because you're going to, yeah, it's not going to be pretty. But in terms of, fast. yeah, I, I have to say, and you know, you could Google this stuff, but it's evident when you take these there, it is a real thing, mucoid plaque that is stored in your body that you need to get out of your system. And I'm sure you know all about yeah. that with your condition with IBS and all that. Yeah. But yeah, that stuff, you're probably not going to get out of your system with your regular diet and taking apple cider vinegar, not the best thing in the world. These gummies taste amazing. You'll want to eat the whole jar, yeah. but they are powerful. So you should not do that. Um, but I've taken them and I think after like a couple of weeks of taking them twice a day, you're going to be noticing some belly fat gone and yeah, you're going to have more energy. So they have a lot of great supplements, of course, but currently my favorite has been the apple cider vinegar gummies. You well, cannot go wrong with those. And you, as far, you can see in the background, I didn't plant those there guys. Those are where I make my coffee in the morning. You see the MCT oil and the collagen, but you're right on, on, on the apple cider and having also colitis you know, the only way that I have to prep to get that stuff out before I go get a scope is you got to take all this terrible medication. But I'll be honest with you, when I'm prepped, I feel a lot better. I have a lot ton, ton more energy, but you don't want to do that every day. You don't want to take a bunch of colon cleanse every day. No. Taking the apple cider vinegars makes it gradual. 
and it does clean your lower intestines and your colon where you process your food. And if you're able to keep that healthy, you do have a ton more energy. And I can tell you from example, from doing it the medical way, which I have to do before I get a colonoscopy or doing it the natural way with the apple cider vinegar uh, gummies, you do have a ton more energy if you keep that lining healthy and not full of all that res residual crap that stays in there. And, uh, but yeah, like I, Ian said, right on the head, two a day, that's it. You're going to want to eat the whole bottle because they're so dang good. <laughs> they but really are. But you don't do it or you'll be sitting on the pot the whole day. So just do your two and it gradually you'll clean yourself out and you, you'll you see your energy levels rise. It's it's that's it, not a coincidence. Yeah. And, and on top of that, we were speaking earlier with Beard Vet with Mission. They really do have a strong mission, which is giving back to the Glenn Doherty Memorial Foundation. Yeah. I was looking at Sean's Instagram and they even had that event recently where you got yeah. to see the children of military veterans, the children of fallen uh, Navy SEALs, in some cases, fallen operators who are getting scholarships through the Glenn Doherty Memorial Foundation. So when you're supporting the brand, you're supporting something that you're going to feel good about with yourself, but you can also feel about feel good about the fact that you're giving back to an important veteran charity with the Glenn Doherty Memorial Foundation. So check them out, guys. BubsNaturals.com. Use the promo code BATTLELINE. You're going to get 20% off, bubsnaturals.com. That's the best deal is when you go there and use the promo code BATTLELINE for 20% off. Also, every show of ours is sponsored by Fort Scott Munitions. Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition. I have some right here. I know you usually have something with oh, you. Oh, you got the tins. I've, yeah. well, I've had these on display right here in, in I guess you, what you'd say is the studio, this little closet space here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, these these uh, this ammo tumbles upon impact, which is their trademark yeah. in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. It was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design and was found that not only did it out outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in every state, also on the website, you'll see it there, fsm.com. But if you click, click on the uh, dealer locator, just type in your zip code, you're going to find something by you, even by me here in Connecticut, yeah. which is like literally the least gun-friendly state, besides maybe like <laughs> Hawaii or something. But uh, yeah, use the exclusive promo code BATTLELINE at fsm.com, and you're going to get 15% off your order. Only available to listeners of the BATTLELINE podcast um, we can't speak more highly of them. No, I, guys, and check them out. They are very responsive to your requests. They have changed a lot of ammo, not changed it. They've added different grains to their ammo. So if you want a different grain, which accumulates, which which uh, equals, you know, a different power that you want or or, or a different size of a, a size of, a, of an ammo that you want, um, write them, ask them. So as far as the granite size, but the grain size, the, the the amount of powder in that they have in there. So ask them and they will make it different. If you've gone on, they've made different grainages of different types of ammo and, and none of the other gun makers are going to respond to you like that. They will. So Fort Scott Munitions, best ammo out there and the, probably the best customer service in the ammo industry as well, which says a lot for them. So yeah, tremendous company. Yeah. And as we always say, the craft family, great family, great family run business. I can't wait to be back there. 
hopefully soon. Um, so once again, fsm.com, promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off, ammo, merchandise, all of that. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, BattleLine Tactical, and this podcast, the BattleLine Podcast, as you see the flag right behind me. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, with, with that, let's get right back to the show. Uh, Quint is uh, gone, but but it'll, it'll be uh, both of us and Dale Sizemore. All right, we'll uh, we'll keep going with uh, the three of yeah. us then. Well, we, we, we got honestly. Can we get to? Because I've been dying to know Dale's Dale's on. Have you seen We Were Soldiers? Once and Young, the Mel Gibson movie. Um, man, I fucking loved it. Um, of course, you know Kenny Thomas was in it, so that was he. What really was he in it? Which yeah, dude. Um, yeah, which guy so was he? Kenny, <clears throat> Kenny was at, so the I think the very first night when Mel Gibson was walking around the patrol base. Kenny was Holy one of the soldiers shit, in the in the right. Yep, that's right. Yeah, you know, I to go into that and um, Kenny out of all your guys, and and honestly, I have talked to other, you know, of course, the country Floyd doesn't really care, for, not for Kenny, just doesn't care. I don't think the last the book, yeah, what, yeah, it, what, it, what it, do, it was the book, yeah. What do you think? Are there and, and there are there, you know, there. What do you think? Um, Kenny did want to, from what I understand, and just from what I've seen, and we speak on kind of the same speaking circuit as well. Yep. And he plays that damn guitar all the time. He's out there on Fox playing. Did, did, did he always want to do that, brother? Did he want to be in the Hollywood scene? Did he want to have, um, you know, I, I don't know about Hollywood, but, you know, he, he used to play downtown uh, Columbus on the weekends, you know, when we were home. And, um, you know, we, we all fucking went down there, supported him. And uh, I, I love Kenny. I mean, Kenny. It, I, I'm still close with Kenny. You know, uh, I, I was out in Ohio working on the pipeline and he was 15 minutes for me. So we finally got together, you know, met his wife and his, his kid. And, um, but Kenny's still the same guy that, that he was in battalion to me, you know, um, just still laid back, always cares about everybody else. You know, and That's awesome. I, I know there was some riffs with the, the, I, I think the fact, I don't think it was, I think it was the fact that he didn't ask for anybody's input on the book that sure. you know that, that that really is just the real rip there um and you know and and it didn't put dave in the greatest light but dave was a bad motherfucker no I, I, david country's awesome I, I I, yeah but, floyd is a tough son of a bitch i wouldn't fuck with floyd dude he, he, he country floyd is floyd is the second best song gunner i know <laughs> i know that's <laughs> well played sir well very well played and i know he would say the same yeah, he would. Uh, hey well get, getting back to the we were soldiers one thing that bothered me a little bit is they showed that lieutenant that had the ranger tab the go-getter that didn't listen to anybody that did his right. own thing never in fact it's completely the opposite if you got if you got your ranger tab you're listening to your to your command in my oh, yeah. opinion you have more discipline than that one that doesn't that's the only thing I, I love that movie though too i loved it and honestly i still get choked up at the end of it all the time yeah. because i the sacrifice and that everybody's dying and 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 mel gibson being the last one on last one out that's leadership that is what leadership yeah. that's what we but yep. that's the only thing that bothered me is is the one lieutenant that died at the beginning because he was a go-getter and he's been to ranger school. It's like, yeah. well, wait a second. If he's been to ranger school, he should be listening to his command more so than the guys that haven't because that's one of the things you're fucking graded on <laughs> is right. to make sure you're following, the, you're following the hires command order. That's what you get. You get the hires and then you make your own order. And um, but, that, that bothered you know, me. Ranger school, you, there, there, there's always that one or two that, 
that slip by doing, you know, absolutely nothing or the bare minimum. And you're, you're right. Um, you're right. Maybe, maybe, maybe I did that guy. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's it. So there is, there is a reason. Oh, that's, but, and you're right. Cause there is always something. I think that's with any of the military movies we watch is that there is always an anomaly that except for the weapons manipulation, you fuck that up, you fuck it up. It's, it's yeah. terrible. Uh, but if somebody makes a decision and it's not a decision that a ranger would make or a seal would make or so forth, there is always that anomaly that would probably make that dumb decision or do something. So you, you can rationalize it. There is some cognitive dissonance that you can play to anything in right. a movie and that, that we do. Yeah, you're, you're, you're right. Um, Ian, what's we got another one? I, I, yeah, we, we, we'll stick to some more <laughs> army stuff here. Uh, man, so many great movies to cover. Uh, I think an all-time classic, people would say. Some would say one of the best movies of all time, Apocalypse Now. Take it, man. That's that, that's yeah. team room movie. I, I, I'm telling you, as a young kid, I mean, because that, that movie was out, you know, long before, um, you know, I joined the military. But, man, I mean, that right there, if you're a kid that even aspires to be a soldier, I mean, that movie will push you over the edge. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, that's what pushed me over the edge when I was watching, you know, when the recruiter showed me films, man, I see these guys rowing down the river in camo, you know, and I, I jumping out of airplanes. I'm like, fuck yeah, that's what I want to do. He's like, you want to be a ranger? I'm like, sure. <laughs> you, you know what still gets you pumped up on Apocalypse Now is the helicopter scene with Robert Duvall. That is yep. still... That is the ultimate pump up. See, I mean, they still even play it in movies. They played it in, um, what's the one with Jake Gyllenhaal where he's a sniper? Um, gosh, come on, help me out here, guys. <laughs> I, um, I, I, I know people out there know that Jake, he was, he was in a, it was him about I'll being do some a, Googling. Yeah, took Jake Gyllenhaal. He was a sniper. That wasn't the one mountain, was it? <laughs> no, no, no. It, it was the one where he, it, it was more kind of a Hollywooded out. Oh, Jarhead, I, Jarhead. Jarhead, Jarhead, oh. but with Jamie Foxx. And, and I, again, I wish, I wish Rudy was here to, but, you know, when they're about ready to go to war and they're getting pumped up, the movie that they're watching and the scene they pan to, and it happens in a lot of movies, is that helicopter scene. And honestly, right. that is pretty badass. And watching the helicopters, I do remember doing stuff with Soar with the with the Night Stalkers, and that's what it looked like, honestly, with the little birds just flying everywhere. You got everybody else in a tight formation, but those little birds are just and when you're riding off the side of a black hawk with your feet legs dangling out the side, you're just snap linked in. That is pretty badass. I don't know. What did you what did you think on that helicopter scene? I know you guys did a lot of that stuff too. Yeah, I I I I fucking loved it. And I'm telling you, being a battalion, getting to getting to work with the night stalkers all the time. Yeah. I mean, whole time we were in Somalia, except for that last mission, you know, I sat in the door right oh, by Tommy <laughs> Fields, you know, right by the door gunner, you know, on that, uh, the yeah. left side of the bird, man. So, you know, all, all the pictures that I have of my bird, man, I just see my, my two little short, short little feet hanging down, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you can tell which one's me, you know, <laughs> hey, but speak, uh, speaking of that, you know, I know we're getting the blackout down a little bit and we've talked about it, but I was still was that pretty accurate as far as the night stalkers doing the gun runs and, and, yeah. and say, um, and really all night keeping them off. Yeah. It was, was that, cause it looked accurate. It looked like the stuff that I would assume they would be doing at that. But uh, I just want to make sure. More, they say. Chris, I'm telling you even more than that, they, they were, they're even more phenomenal than, than, than what they showed, you know? Wow. Um, uh, I heard stories. I wasn't, didn't see it, but, um, and, and it was backed up by many of the guys when the 
the one little bird came down to grab Dan Bush yeah. and take him away. Um, they said he, he grabbed his, his MP5 or, or, you know, whatever he had there. And he's leaning out of the helicopter, shooting, shooting down the road at, you know, and, and just kept that thing steady with one hand and one foot. I'm like, I'm like, Holy cow, man. That's just, that, that's just absolutely crazy. And then when they were, I think it was a second or third mission, uh, Delta guys grabbed some guys and they had to load from the top yeah. of the building and they had one skid on the edge of the building and the Delta guys just loaded in. But I mean, every time that weight changes in there, you know, they have to adjust. So, I mean, to, to be able to load a whole, you know, yeah. um, squad, of, squad of guys on there and, and just on the edge of a building, it's just, that's crazy. Yeah, that's one. I, I've never heard anything bad on a movie. Whenever the night stalkers are portrayed, they must have the best public affairs officers off because I, I've never heard anybody get anything wrong on, right. on a night stalker. And there wasn't a ton of them, but even so, just like that, seeing that and like, man, yeah, they didn't really sensationalize the night stalkers. In fact, they probably could have sensationalized even more because it would have even been more accurate. And that's how awesome they are. That just says how, how incredible. <laughs> the thing with that group is, yeah. Even if you sensationalized it, it probably still wouldn't have gone far. Still wouldn't have gone. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. All right. I, I, I guess that was burning in my head. So I just wanted to ask him, Ian. Yeah. Oh, for sure, man. Um, this was one that, that Dale, that you uh, brought up to me that you wanted to cover a uh, newer, newer movie of the films we're talking about, 12 Strong. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great movie. And, and you know, um, I, I was talking to uh, uh, Willie Blazer, who owns uh, Willie's Distillery out in Montana. He was a Seco guy and okay. um, then he went SF, but he knows, you know, some of those guys from. Or you uh, can say Mark, Mark actually speaks on the same bureau that I have. Mark, you yeah. can say Mark Nutch. Mark is the guy that Chris Hemsworth played, even though they yes. made him another name. That's the real Mark actually is a very good speaker. We speak with the same speaking. Yeah. Good, good guy. Yeah. I, I went to a private dinner with, uh, with him. Me and Yeah. And uh, I got some pictures with him and, you know, we, we traded bottles of whiskey and, of course, I made him write nice. third bat, best bat on there because he's he's the first well, bat. And, bat. And the whiskey, Mark's an old first and, and bat. I, you know, Dale, and I'm sorry to say, Mark, Three Rangers whiskey is better than yours. I'm sorry, whole soldier. <laughs> the bottle might look real cool. It is better than Let Slinger. I'll give him that. It's luck, but I have to say, Three Rangers, and not because I'm a Ranger. I'm just, it, it's it's, a it's tad, just smoother. It's, it's a, a little, little smoother. It is. It's a little. Yep. It is. It's not as it's not as woodsy. Not as woodsy. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, keep, keep going, man. Keep going. Keep going. Awesome. Yeah. So, yep, and. I mean, Mark's a good dude. So after I, I love the movie beforehand and um, then to know that a lot of that was, was pretty accurate, you know, yeah. coming from Mark um, that is just, you know, and, and he did, you know, he, he wasn't, he's not one of those guys that is going to say, yeah, you know, you know, we're the baddest, baddest in the world. He, he, he's <laughs> like, we were just the first ones in. He yeah. said, there were a whole bunch of SF guys, you know, over there also, but um but some of the stuff they did, you know, in the movie was was pretty fantastic. And, that, and that's, you know, working at the agency at that time when I was, you know, a few years after Dostum, the guy, I, I, I didn't get to know him personally, but I was around him and Saif a lot and, and those guys because they were, tr were trying to use them after they let Masood die, which we should have after. We were trying to use Dostum and Saif to go get Heckmanter and actually win the fight for us. And I have to say how they portrayed Dostum. Now, like I said, I wasn't buddies with them or nothing. This is, I'm watching it from the outside. I never used to 
That was pretty spot on. And Dostum liked his whiskey, man. Dostum liked his whiskey and his horse. In fact, I think he had syphilis. <laughs> he did. And so when I watched that, I'm like, you know what? They they really did because I remember Dostum being whiskey and horse. That's and and also he, but he hated terrorists, dude, and the Taliban, and he wanted to crush mm -hmm. them. And um, so yeah. So I I'm the same. I I agree. I thought I, I you know I, as much as I'm saying, gosh, I don't want to I don't want to say the long tavers got their movie right, but I have to say, <laughs> yeah, and, and knowing and just knowing of Mark, I'm not as close as you know, you probably talked to him more than I have, but just knowing him and his story and working with the same speaking bureau that we do, um, he's pretty from what I understand, what I've seen, he's a pretty humble guy. Yeah. And, he is. Uh, and I, I think they I think they did. And I think also the movies that came out prior to 12 Strong. I mean, was was that the last really war movie outside of Top Gun that came out? Um because it came out like four years ago three years ago yeah, that i mean i i really don't don't you know there haven't even stick to mind that that came out yeah. after that I but, no i think I, you're correct i mean in top gun not really a war movie because it's fictional you know so but that i think also that he being as being a smart because he was a captain on the teams and being also i think he was smart because he got to see everything that went wrong and everything coming up so he wanted to make sure that you know, whatever we got wrong in 13 hours or whatever we didn't do to make sure it was right or Black Hawk Down or Lone Survivor or so forth, he could look back and say, okay, I'm, I got to do this right. Yeah. So what did, what mistakes did they make so I don't make the same mistakes on my movie? And having Thor play is pretty cool too. I'm mean, having Chris. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's yeah, my a, daughter's still drooling over it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I agree. Here's uh, yeah. another one that I know you wanted to cover, Dale. And of course we have to cover uh, saving private ryan oh yeah i'm, I'm telling you it, that was the first <clears throat> first war movie that and be, it came out after you know after somalia that i felt like they got all the all the sounds right you know what i'm saying wow. as i'm sitting there in there it just like where it seemed like every war movie before that they the camera was always behind the shooters instead of downrange and Gosh. then I heard later that, that that's what they did. They had the, the microphones downrange so you could hear those those bullets, you know, snapping when when they went yeah. by. And yeah, and that's the real difference in real life. And and, and some of the older movies is that when when that bullet is, you know, close enough to, to and it's breaking the sound barrier, it's just, it's a snap. And you're like, you don't, you don't even realize what it is, you know. We, yeah. I mean, we, yeah. we realized soon after. But, you know, what I'm saying like the first time you're like, what the hell was that? <laughs> You know, and, and I think that's where uh, the only, uh, if I'm critical of 13 hours, I wish we would have got that more of that in there because we didn't, we didn't get the cracks and this and that. not all the time. We're saving private Ryan probably out of all the movies did it the best. I agree. Out of just getting the sound effects and, and that first, I mean, when that first scene came out, no movie had done that before where they just showed you actually in the action where their beachhead landing scene. I remember that was pretty impressive because that was the first movie that did it. And from the World War II guys that I got talked to, the old Rangers that I talked to, they said, yeah, that was pretty freaking accurate. That was yeah. spot on. The only thing in third, Saving Private Ryan that I didn't think they get right, and again, it's the same thing with, like, we were soldiers once young with the Ranger tab. You would never see a private arguing with his squad leader about right. an op. If the squad leader said, we are charging that hill, we are charging that fucking hill. Right. Now and, and, and now in, in, in that same same scene, that's when the medic died. And that's so when the medic died. Yeah. Would they really have?
kept the would, medic, would they, you know, yeah, back? Um, or would they have sent him forward like they did? Because now, I mean, to me, you keep your medic in a place where he can, you know, he can well, yeah. support you from, from far away, you know, but he's got to be alive. In well, that's why, to... that's why you have your casualty collection point. You don't have right. it on the front lines. You have the... And also, that's another thing, too, where they assaulted that machine gun nest, did a frontal assault. Mm -hmm. um, no, we wouldn't have done that. Right. We would have done a squad <laughs> attack. We would have had a base of fire, Sporta, and then we would have flanked them around the side. We wouldn't have charged the machine gun nest. So, that, again, those two little things, that's where it can really make or break, make a Saving Private Ryan a 10-10 movie to now it's a six An for eight? me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, you got. It. But I, but the but man, it, it, I did like that the lozenges were right. I like the uniforms from what I understand yep. looked right. I did like everything else about it except for that one scene. Where it's like, okay, first of all, we wouldn't have frontal attacked the machine gun nest with the squad. Second of all, we wouldn't have had the medic. No, medic would have remained. Yeah, we wouldn't have done that. Third of all, there wouldn't have been an argument between a private and an E right. six. It wouldn't have fucking happened. Right, and and then do you let the enemy go? Yeah, you then know, exactly. After that, you know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but it's it's always interesting to hear the perspective of you guys because I feel like these what the civilians would consider little details for you guys are so important and could take you out of the movie as opposed to the civilian who watches this who's just like, yeah, this is cool and doesn't really have to think about those details. I was thinking as we we're going over all these. This has sort of been a love fest of these movies you guys love. Not a whole <laughs> lot of like that movie sucked type of thing. So I figured I'd throw one in there we haven't talked about. Pearl, Pearl Harbor. Oh, that was, can I, just because it's a Michael Bay movie, um, that was one <laughs> of the reasons why I was like Michael Bay when they had told us Michael Bay was going to make the movie. It wasn't just the Transformers, but it was also Pearl Harbor. And I was like, I don't know, man. I keep thinking of that song in Team America World Police. Why does Michael Bay, Bay get to keep on making movies? We should have, we should have seen Dina. That's one of the greatest war movies ever made. CIA espionage movies ever made. But um, yeah. What, Team America? Team America, man. Yeah. I love um, that movie. I know. Surprise, cockbag. I love that. I just love it. <laughs> but, the, uh, but yeah, Pearl Harbor. I still haven't made it through the whole thing because I can't watch. I can't watch Ben Hoofleck in that movie either. <laughs> this is terrible. I, it's, the, I, the only things that they that I that they think they got right, and it actually helped out with our movie because I think that's where he got the CGI from is watching the bombs come from the airplane down and hit the boats. And yep. if you watch Thirteen Hours, that is essentially the same CGI. So if there's anything that positive that came out of Pearl Harbor, it's the CGI that Michael made. Michael Bay made of the bomb, seeing it from the perspective of the actual ordinance. Right. And, and but other than that, awful. It's it's a it's a terrible love love fest war movie with Ben Hoofleck and Kate Beckinsale, and just awful, yeah, awful. I don't know. Go ahead, Dale. I just I had to throw yeah, that in there. I really didn't enjoy it. I mean, <laughs> it, it it just was not one of my favorite movies. You know, I mean, um, my grandfather was in World War II, but he was never in. He was never down there in, in Hawaii or anything like that. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, it just didn't it didn't entertain me at all, you know, even, yeah. even from that aspect. Yeah. 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 That's I why I had to throw it in there. I, I know that so many people hated that movie, but you are right about like the the history of Pearl Harbor and at least having a movie for those guys. I mean, I think about 
the yeah. I got to interview some of those guys at Pearl Harbor that are no longer here. I'll always cherish yeah. the fact that I did get to interview Pearl Harbor survivors. But yeah, I know that the movie overall people were not a fan of was nominated. I was even look, Googling as it was looking uh, for some of those Razzie awards, which are or Raspberry awards, which are like the worst <laughs> yeah, movies yeah. of all time. So I, I figured I had to throw it in there because we haven't had a lot of movies yet that you guys were like, this sucked. Um, what were oh, saying, yeah. Chris? Well, I, said, I, I, I think there's parts of movies that throw us off, but every war movie that we've talked about has also good parts too. But there are parts where, like, okay, it's it, so it, I should it's uh, well, you oh, also that, mentioned last week, like American Sniper, you were not a fan of, but I, Clint covered I, most I, of it because I, I figured Clint knew Chris Kyle, so he's the best guy to talk about. And, and you know, that's why I, th- I agree. I think Clint, it's his perspective, mine. I, not that it was a bad movie, I just, I, I, I just didn't. I, I don't think anybody is a superhero and it made him to be out a superhero. It did. Right. Like this guy's a super guy. Like, no, no, there's nobody. There are great soldiers. There's great uh, Rangers. There's great, but there's nobody. There's no Sergeant Yorks guys. It's, it's just not such no. a thing. Uh, there may be no. a team that make it make up for that Sergeant York minds because you got a great squad, great team, got great assets, but to have one guy, what bothered me in that one is he saved a Marine platoon on his own. Like, oh, shit. I'm like, come on. And that, honestly, if I was a Marine, I'd be pissed. <laughs> Luckily, I'm not. Right, oh, right. God. And a lot of the Marines that were, I shouldn't say, I always say a lot. There are a couple Marines that that I've talked to that were that were there during that time frame, and they were a little like, man, they made us look like idiots, like we didn't know what the hell we were yeah. doing. And, and I don't think you should ever put one branch in a movie that makes another branch look like shit. They should, you know, it just to me that was bad. That was bad. Um, yeah, but but yeah, that 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 was why. I don't know, Dale. What's your opinion, man? Um, I I was just say, you know, like even with Black Hawk Down, you know, like the Tenth Mountain guys really didn't get any, any credit at all. So, and they did, yeah, like for years. I mean, and still today, you know, there's still a lot of a lot of animosity there. Um, and um, you know, I mean, I I could go on and on about some of the things they did they did wrong, but. But they at least came. They did. But they, they were there. They, 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 yeah, they, they did. Were and, there, and they, they were willing to put their lives on the line, you know, to help us out. And, and um, they lost. They lost what? Ten guys? Two, that, no. They, they, well, they, they lost two that night. Two that. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, overall, they, they, they lost quite a few guys in, in battles over there. So yeah. they, they, they definitely understood what they were up against, and you know, and, and they still came out. So I, I'm, I'm friends with a bunch of them. And it's nice, but the other thing I was going to say is, you know, we're spoiled coming from the Ranger community because yeah. it's like everybody's Sergeant York. You know what I'm saying? See, <laughs> seriously, you've got to do something fucking spectacular to get noticed. <laughs> yeah, because because <laughs> everybody's well, like that. Because well, it's the best, you know. No, it's right. standard. The best. That, they don't want to be. They, we, we we already are. You know, as far as a group, man. I mean, we're all on that same level. Um, and, you know, in, in, unless you grab a grenade, you know, and, and lose your hand, throwing it away. Well, yeah. Unless, unless you're, you're unless you're Leroy. Yeah. Leroy, Leroy, Leroy went above and beyond, but you're right. I think it was sets apart too, is that it's, uh, to me, it's, it's, it's to, and we're talking about Rangers here. Uh, we're a combination of the best of a SEAL team and a Marine team. Yeah, we got the craziness with the seals, got which are awesome. You need that. Yep. But we've also got discipline of of the Marine Corps, and you put them together. And 
I, I agree. I, and yeah, but we are biased. You are talking to 275th guys here. So of course, of course. We're, we're a little biased. Go, go ahead, Ian, before we start getting off subject. Yeah, no, I it's fine. Gonna... I mean, we got a few more to cover here. And as, as long as you're good, Dale, because I know you're kind of like at work slash doing this. Yeah, do you, dude, do you have a yeah. more time with us? Yeah, I had to put my phone down so I could piss, but um, but good <laughs> now. Oh, shit. I didn't even realize that. I saw that you put your phone down at one point. For like an hour. I'm, like, I'm like, son of a bitch, man. <laughs> I did see you put your phone down. I had no yeah. idea that's what was going on, but that's, that's hardcore, man. That, that is. I, I appreciate you sticking I guarantee with there's no other podcast that has guests on that pissed during your interview. And dude, we are the best. It's only happened podcast. before. I, I've seen it happen before. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> but um, I just have a, I have a handful of movies left. So, yeah, we'll get to those um actually i'm looking right here uh what's another good one we should get to here you you know it's another navy movie but i know chris you mentioned you wanted to talk about midway and you said both the original uh, and the and the remake hey, yeah i haven't seen it you haven't seen this the first one with charlton heston back in the day back and no. then the new the new one. I, well, i'll be brief on it and the reason i remembered it is because one of the first war movies i saw with charlton heston when i was a young kid i loved it i mean because and it was very patriotic very of course it's world war ii that's the battle that really turned the tide against the Japanese. I mean, it really did because we destroyed their whole, all their carrier. group. We destroyed right. their, and uh, I really loved it because of the patriotism. Grand, yeah, and, and it did it. The, the camaraderie. And the second one, it wasn't acted very well, especially the lead guy. He was a little not, not the best, but still just the 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 patriotism. It was it was awesome, and and, and the brotherhood of it. And honestly, I think it was better. If the first part showed the attack at Pearl Harbor, I think that first 10 minute of Midway showing the attack on Pearl Harbor was better than the movie Pearl Harbor. <laughs> so um, I, I guess if you want to be inspired and, and, and you see the incredible, uh, the incredible uh, courage of the pilots, which from all my I've, I've read about yeah. Midway, I, it's one of those things I loved studying when I was growing up. Um, I think that was fairly accurate. Those guys went in undermanned and honestly we should have lost and and the pilots were better the, the japanese pilots were better the planes were better they had more of them and somehow we pulled it out and that to me was i, I think it would remind me like a top gun movie, just the patriotism of it all it, and well you know that's that's what they talk about you know that's the american spirit man you know yeah. that's why that's what makes us the americans the the best fighting force in the world it's yeah. it's not it's not just our abilities, you know, I mean, those things can be trained, yeah. but it's the heart and, and the mind that, that really can overcome. I mean, you, you know, how strong the mind is, you know, oh, even yeah. when you, when you don't want to do something or your body thinks it's going to give out, you, you can push yourself a little bit farther. And, Through it. Yep. and I mean, that's, th thank God we live here. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah, that's, movies, that's well said, man. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like it's important to have those movies in the sense of we always think of propaganda as a negative, but I think in the positive of propaganda in um, putting out the American way of life and getting those movies overseas that people can see that we are, I, you know, it might be cliche, but as Reagan said, that shining city on a hill. Sure. Um, and that's why it was great to see that Top Gun 2 movie in theaters, I felt, because there's been so much negative publicity about yeah. America that we've done to ourselves. I mean, Chris yeah. and I have covered it yeah. so much in the past two years, especially. So to see a movie that glamorized America 
and unapologetically so i was like we need more of this because I, yeah, I, sure. I i'm not i don't think i'm corny about it but i i am a patriot i do love living here i do love everything about you know america and our constitution and even having Kristen beck on last week when i was talking about Kristen beck was like extremely critical of american foreign policy right now and i said because of that like do you ever discourage people from joining the military and Kristen was like, no, our our constitution is great. Our country is great. But that's what we need to get back to, you yeah, know, and, right. and I think a lot of people feel that way, as opposed to being and we talked about Team America earlier, as opposed to being the world police, which I think people do see us as now. And I do think people see as a negative. And I do think, you know, we talk about military recruitment going down and getting off topic here. But I'm just saying, I think part of that is people joining, say, all right, am I fighting for um, what's going on right now in Ukraine or am I fighting for U.S. national sovereignty? And I yeah. do think that type of stuff discourages people from joining because when people joined for, during 9-11, it was like, I want to retaliate against these people who did this to us. And it's not against what's in our interest yeah. with NATO or as Biden has said, the liberal world order or the new world order. I don't think that's what encourages people to join no. the military and to fight for America. Um, with that, uh, a film that you mentioned in sticking with World War II, Chris, uh, you said you wanted to cover Patton. Yeah, I, I still, Patton is a movie I can turn on at night and watch it. To me, and I read Patton when I was doing my officer train, my officer commission, that right. was him and MacArthur I read about, because we're required to read about generals. And, and um, MacArthur, I, I thought was a prima donna. I saw, I just, a Patton man, I, still, I, he was the... He, he was a soldier's officer. If I was going to, if I was going to make it to that level before, and I thought that's who I wanted to be like was, was Patton. Yeah. Was he a son of a bitch? Yeah. Was he a bit arrogant? Oh, fuck yeah. Real arrogant. Who wears a, he wore a, a ivory coat. What was his pistol? Had, had ivory on it, but was he willing to be out there with the guys out front? Yeah, he, he was. Yeah. Did he, did he, if you fail, did he sugarcoat it? No, he didn't. I, I mean, <laughs> can you imagine a general now going to going to a, a, a hospital and seeing a guy that says, I don't want to go back on the battlefield. There's nothing wrong with him. Otherwise, all these guys are amputated, injured from and saying, stop, basically stop being a pussy. Get back out there. Right. I, I, I No, you would never see that now. No. And and I think there needs to be officers that are hardcore like that. I do. I, I admired the guys that were tough on me that said, get your ass up. You're not her. Get out there because I needed that little push. They're there. Now there we can. We say, oh, there's too much. You can go too far on that, maybe, but not in war. dude. No, you, you can't. You got to get guys out there. Now, if a guy's shell shocked and we, we have more ideas, you know, we've done more studies. We have medical personnel that that can determine if you're just too loopy to get out there. But also, right. I think there's times where guys just play on that too and, and you know and just, but it, but it's leaders great leadership that that gets it gets, gets those guys that are questioning themselves to to push on you know true. Um, makes them better but, you know I, I i was lucky i mean so general Carilla, now general Carilla, was my pl when wow. right before somalia so larry prino took over you know for him when when he moved on but uh and then you know general clark was our co you know what i'm saying yeah. it's like it's like wow. man you know i i extremely like rick Merritt. you know yeah. what i'm saying i mean dude i'm telling you it j just flooded rob phipps i mean I, we're, yeah, we're rob. Just, dude, <laughs> we were flooded and and that's why i feel so lucky that that i was a rangers because the leadership 
and the friendships that that we had that the the brotherhood not to say friendships it's it's a brotherhood that that we had really makes rangers what they are and really gives us that you know almost super superhuman um ability to to just to to do every anything that they ask us to and I, I, you know, Patton wasn't a ranger or anything like that, but I think he would have been an awesome ranger commander. Yeah. He, would, he would have been on the lines of Colonel Darby. There's another old school right. movie if you ever want to, about old school Colonel uh, Darby's Rangers with the yep. guy that played who was the Rockford Files. Who was the guy yeah. that? Um, I know I, Jim, um, Jim Jim Wagner. James Wagner. Yep, that Jim Wagner. Yep. And that's another great old school leadership movie too. That's a great yep. great movie. Um, Northwest but, Passage. Another yeah, one. Exactly. Um, <laughs> But, you know, Patton in itself, I, I, I loved it, too, because it also showed it did show the arrogance of, of officers in the U.S. military. But it also showed that if you don't play by officers rules, you're not going to make rank. I love saying right. that because that's spot on as well. I also saw that if you want to make rank, sometimes you got to do things you don't want to do. Like when he had to go do the pop and circumstance stuff that he wasn't right. no part of. I love that. And I just I thought uh, the the gentleman that played him, George C. Scott if you read the patent books, I think got it spot on. So that's the kind of movie that's on a Sunday. You got nothing else to do. It's just kind of a fall weather out. You don't want to watch football. You watch Patton. And I, I love that movie, dude. I still love it, even though it did show some of the negative sides of being an army officer. And it did show that he was kind of an asshole too, but that's, that's, that's why I love it. Cause it showed right. his, his showed the truth and his strengths. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's important to have that in a movie. Uh, we'll do two more here. This one I actually included because Rudy Reyes, uh, when he was originally going to come on, and like I said, he's he's near that hurricane, not in Florida, but I think he's in South America right now. Um, he called me and he was like, I want to talk about this movie and that movie. Rudy is so animated and, and all that. Uh, even just talking on the phone with him for like 30 minutes. Um, but he he was like, I want to talk about Deer Hunter. And that was one he really loved. So <laughs> any feelings on Deer Hunter from you guys? It looks like Dale, that might be one that's close to you. I, I mean, it, I, I, don't, I don't know about close, but I, I loved it because, I mean, the they came back and, and I mean, they they were still looking out for each other. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And to, to me, the, the, the Rangers gave me a family. Okay. So I, I didn't have much of a family growing up, but the Rangers gave me a family and to see when, when guys, you know, get out and then they're still the best of friends and, and they're still looking out for each other. That's what I think we miss as soldiers, all soldiers coming back into the civilian world is, is you don't get that much. And, um, when, when, when you've got guys you can fall back on and I mean, guys that'll, you know, cross the world to, to try and find you and, and bring you home. I mean, that that's really what it's all about. So, I mean, it, it just, it, it hit me in the heart and, um, that's why I love that movie so much. It did. I love the flashbacks of when they were doing the, the, uh, when the yep. guys doing the, uh, the suicide with the contest, roulette, Russian, roulette. Russian roulette stuff. And, um, then it would flash back to uh, to De Niro and Walken, and I, I think the the actors at that time played it pretty awesome. Yeah, and yeah. and I loved it that they were from a small town because the majority of majority right. of soldiers, majority of Rangers, uh, I would even say you know maybe uh, seal side of that majority of guys are from small towns. They're coming from yeah. small small areas and of blue collar areas, uh, like they came from a Pennsylvania mining town. So to me, it just it all fit right, and the. 
the 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 flashbacks or remembering and i don't i could i don't have flashbacks i i if guys do i they do but i do remember i don't really call it a flashback but i will that that was right that was like just being out there all of a sudden you man that smell reminded me of oh yeah going 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 down route 10 you know route 10 yeah it it does and again deer hunter for me resonated more after i stopped deploying when I saw from the first time I saw it before I was in the military or when I was, I was mm-hmm. just getting in the military, I didn't really understand it. It was cool. But, I, but now when I watch it, right. actually, I enjoy it more because I get it. It makes okay. I got it. It makes sense to me. So I think deer hunters, another one, just like a pop-ups now, just like full metal jacket, yep. just like 13 hours and black Hawk down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but I think they, they will get strong. They will continue to get stronger because for those that serve, may not understand it when they're younger, but when they get out, they'll watch it and they'll be like, ah, yep. that makes it. I get that now. That makes sense. So yeah, Deer Hunter is awesome. One of the best movies, not just a war movie, just one of the best movies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and with age, you, you grow experience and yeah, yeah you, you see things in a different light. So that makes sense to me. Um, we'll get to one last one. We covered major pain earlier, which is a fun one. And I figured oh, no, we'd, end, we'd end on a fun one in the army now. Paulie Shore, oh, I love Paulie Shore, and he had a, he had this great run, and and that was one of the movies that actually, according to him, I, I've seen interviews with Paulie. I've always found him fascinating. Um, I saw him on Rogan, and he said before that he probably shouldn't have done that movie. He feels like that may have like sunk his career in a way because it didn't do, do as well as he thought it would have. Um, and he was being asked to do other films at the time, but I think just an all around fun movie. Dale, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, I I I like Paulie Shore. He uh I saw him at ISU. Um he opened up for um oh man, uh another comedian, short fat guy, yelled and screamed a lot. Sam um, Kinison. Sam Kinison, yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, so he this is way back in the day. Wow, so that was probably oh, before he was even dude, famous. That that was when he was doing the weasel. Oh wow, wow. okay. So that was at, yep. at the height of his fame, probably. Yeah. Yep. But but he he was opening for Sam Kinison, so he probably wasn't as well known yet. You know, he wasn't the headliner, but, um, but yeah, so I mean, I've always found him funny and um, just great entertaining movie. I mean, if you just it want is. to sit and laugh, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's perfect. Oh, dude, I, I love it. And I, I don't think it was, I think that's going to be a cult classic forever. I don't think that one will <laughs> ever go away. You know, I, I think Biodome will go away. That one people will forget. <laughs> But in the army now, yeah, in the army now, and then the other one where he's on the farm, son-in-law, son-in-law, yeah, that's considered his classic. Yeah, Yeah. those two will be fantastic. And in the army now, it is funny, and and I love how they parody where the drill sergeant says grunt, and he goes, yeah, she's talking, and it's supposed to be parody infantry. We're called grunts, and (laughs) he goes, he goes, "Eh." I was like, I, I, I laughed my ass off when I heard it, just because I am a grunt. Like, oh my gosh, that is freaking hilarious. but were you the, were you in the military at that time? Because that's like early. I mean, I'm looking right no, now. No, I know. I I was I was 94. I, 94. I got in in 95. I didn't see the movie till after I was in. So I I didn't see, I saw it on on VHS first, <laughs> and then and then I. <laughs> so yeah. So when I saw it, I, I I didn't see it when it first came out. I didn't real. I didn't even know about it till I was in the military, 
And you, then you know, I, half your audience is going to be like, what the fuck is VHS? VHS? <laughs> <laughs> no, no our, our audience is like 30s, 40s, 50s for the most part. So there, there are some young listeners, but I, I do look at the demographics and, and the young guys are kind of in the minority of the, okay. of the listeners. But and what, what I loved is that he did things that you, every soldier would want to do to his first sergeant, especially yeah. on the radio. They never got to do like what he's talking to the first sergeant, the first sergeant arguing, yelling at him, telling him what's going on. He picks up the radio and goes, shut up. And then he puts it back down. <laughs> Every one of us wanted to do that at some oh, point yeah. in time to our squad leader, our platoon sergeant, somebody. When he did that, I busted out laughing again. I, it's just those little things like what I liked in the Army is because it got stuff that all of us had wanted to do to our superior officer, and we never got to do it. Right. Um, those are the best scenes in the whole movie. We're, we're talking to the first sergeant, and he gives him so much. You know, it's I would never say the first sergeant, but I always wanted to, and it, it's hilarious. Oh my gosh! Or, or where he does now. We have actually this is a scene where we parodied making fun where guys are doing cool, cool guy disassembling their weapons or disassembling something cool, and I've done that with my flashlight. Let's do it real quick. Shh. <laughs> yeah, and like when they're sitting at the table and this SF guy is down there and he's doing it. How fast can you disassemble your pistol, your M9 with your with blindfold? And he's doing this and Polly Shore mimics it with a flashlight, with a Zelshi yeah. flashlight. Now, now, I actually have done that for fun before, making fun of some cool guys. Like, oh, look how cool I am. And I'll take my flashlight out. Because that's what I love in the Army now. It has all that stuff that I would parody downrange that i would do because it's stuff that is so funny that we'll ever all of us wanted to do and especially like i said the, the talking to our superior officers especially on the radio at the end of the scene where he's in combat where he's shitting on himself but he's actually having fun i'll be honest that is most accurate that's accurate combat right there <laughs> Dude, um, well i mean that that's how we get through everything is yeah. is you you always no matter how bad the situation was you can always find something that happened that was just fucking hilarious that made all that bad shit go away and, and until you got back and in the army now is one of those movies i would think of i thought about in the army now when i was up on the rooftop in benghazi just because it was so <laughs> you couldn't have been thinking about that no, you and you've think, never said that before no, no, really no, no you think you think about parodies how funny shit is i was thinking about the combat scene in there mm -hmm. and i i was a goof off on the radio i was like being so belligerent <laughs> if you read the book You'll see how belligerent I was. Oh, I, I parody that. Where do you think I parodied that from? I mean, <laughs> I, it, it, Ian, I, I wish I could say I was making that stuff up, but stuff, I know I'm not. I, I'm going to clip I, this you, and you send it to Paul and tweet it to Paulie Shore because <laughs> we got to get Paulie Shore on here. I feel like he would do it. So I'm going to see if we can clip that and tweet it out to him because that would probably blow his mind. Because it was it's like he's talking on the radio. And that's why where I'm talking to Bob, especially this. Where I'm asking him about the, the the vehicles coming and he's not telling right. me anything. And all I'm telling him is like, and I was like, man, fucking great job, Chief. And that's why I said, great job, Chief. You've been a plethora of information tonight. I said that <laughs> on the radio because he was really shit. Where was I? I was, dude, I had just thought about it. It just goes through your head. I've thought about what I that was what I loved in, in the army now was his his interaction with the superior officers on the radio. That's the funniest parts of the movie, is that because I always wanted to do that in the military and now I had an opportunity and I, brother, I, I'm telling you, it's the, if you allow yourself to calm down in combat, those things pop in your head. And it was like, man, I have this opportunity. I can do it. I can't say exactly what he's going to say to the situation, but I can be a jackass on the radio and nobody's going to give a shit. 
who gets this opportunity to do that, to recreate something I loved in a movie? And that's why I was a smart ass on the radio. Too. Even like when the ISR is going overhead and the ISR is telling us, hey, yeah, the drone's overhead. And it's saying, hey, there's guys massing on the northeast side of the compound. They're moving. And I had been watching it for about three minutes. And I got on the radio and I said, yeah, motherfuckers. I had been watching that for three minutes ago. Tell that ISR piece of shit. He needs to expand his. his. I said that for real. Word. I got that from the Poly Shore, man. I got that from the radio. I, got to, I get to say something on the radio that I've always wanted to say. I'm calm. I'm collected. I'm a senior guy. So I've been through this before. I'm remembering it. Fuck it. Let's say it. Who gives a shit? And, and it, it helped me get through. Yeah, I, I did. I, and I grew up in the Poly Shore times. You know, I grew up at the same time as Dale. That was the weasel, the MTV. He was the, he was, you know, um, you know, like I said, Son-in-Law was one, it was a great movie. Oh, yeah. And, and Polly Shore himself, he would, he was, he was pinnacle, he was the pinnacle comedian at the time. With he was a top level. Him, Gilbert Godfrey, another one. You know, that's why oh, Eddie yeah. Murphy was huge at that time. Sam Kennison, another one. Yep. That was the humor I grew up around. I love, yeah, I'd love to have Polly Shore on in, in the I, army. I gotta Alice see if we can get him on. And this this clip might help. I, I'm a Polly Shore fan. Uh it wasn't as famous, but you got to see Polly Shore is dead. That was a great one. And that's actually, you do have seen that. I, I love that. And uh <laughs> And, you know, I was going to mention this audience, if you get a chance and maybe if we get him on, we could talk about it. He did a documentary and I was looking it up just to get the title right a few years back called Polly Shore Stands Alone. And it was cool because it really showed the human side of what he does in that, like, you know, he lives in L.A. And he says, in order to kind of afford the lifestyle I have, I'm on the road in the middle of nowhere. You know, he's like, if I play in New York or L.A., quite honestly, no one cares. He's like all these big names play there. And I have to play at these venues in Wisconsin or, and it's not Green Bay, Wisconsin. It's some other small town sure. where they're shocked that someone as big as Pauly Shore is there. And you see him, you know, at these hotels where he's the only guy at the hotel. Um, and the scene that I remember from Pauly Shore stands alone is he asks a guy near the end. He goes, so who's the biggest name who's ever played this venue? And it's not even a comedy venue. It's just like an auditorium type of thing. And they're all like, you, you're definitely the biggest name. And he's like, well, other than me, who's the biggest name who's ever played here? And they're trying to think. And they're like, uh, Lucas Nelson. And he's like, who the fuck is Lucas Nelson? And they go, Willie Nelson's son. And so it's it's like interesting to see the realism of, of his career because he's like, look, I'm no longer a superstar, but I got to go on the road and I have to make money. And it's also about the fact that at the time his mom was dying and, you know, his mom owned the comedy store. So it was cool. I would love to get him on here. And I think after he hears that story from you, maybe we'll be able to do it. And I know we have a slot next month as of right now. Oh, man, Paulie Shore it. could be that. That would be pretty cool. Well, remember, I always say we always parody the bad the, the bad movies that we would see in <laughs> combat. And this, I don't think that is one of them. That's a parody right there. That is one of them. Tropic Thunder is another one. You know, yeah. uh, granted, it came on a lot later. But and when I say bad, I mean movies that maybe didn't do as well. I don't think it's bad. I think In the Army Now is still one of the best, most, still one of the funniest movies out there. I, and and, not and believe it or not, he, I don't think he's the proudest of that one. Because like I said, he was on Joe Rogan and Joe Rogan did ask him. He was like, why did your career, you know, kind of go downhill? And he's like, I, I didn't listen to my agents. And I did these movies like In the Army Now and, and Jury Duty. And he's like, they didn't do as well. And it was over for me. But I think everything has a time span. And he also yeah. realizes that. He's like, I was the weasel. It was a character. And it just wasn't cool anymore. And he admits in that Rogan interview, he's like, I would love to still be doing movies. And he's like, I'm just not really asked anymore. But um, yeah, yeah I, would, I would love to get him on. And I think it's possible because he does podcasts and that type of thing. 
But uh, yeah, wrapping things up, Dale, uh, we haven't had you on in a while. It's great to do this. Um, anything you want to plug? I know Three Rangers Whiskey, yeah. of course, and Ooh, your wow. uh, your Instagram yep. where people well, can find you, all that. Um, so th- this weekend's a, a crazy weekend for me. Um, you know, I got a tasting tonight. Tomorrow, I'm I'm gonna be down in St. Louis. Uh, Aaron Han, one of the Rangers in Somalia, he uh, he's a go ruck cadre. So yeah. they're doing a memorial um, Mogadishu uh, go ruck event on Friday night. So I'm going down to hang out with him. Sunday morning, I'm driving to Bowling Green, Ohio, for the Mogadishu Mile event up there. Then, as soon as I get done with that, I'm driving over to Sunbright, Tennessee, to um, to see a bunch of the a bunch of the Rangers I was with, plus uh, another buddy of ours, Luke Goodman, who um, like you know became an operator. Um, and then I'm driving straight home and taking a shower and going to work on Tuesday morning. So that's awesome. Uh, man. I- I usually write all this stuff down, but since it was you, Quint, I don't have it all written down. So where could people buy Three Rangers whiskey? And what's your Instagram again? So, uh, fuck, I don't even know my Instagram. I think it's It's RGR Sizemore 375. Yeah, 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 it's it's RGR Sizemore 375. I'll look it up, yeah. But uh, Three Rangers is available in uh, Missouri, Illinois, Florida, uh, Oregon, Texas, see uh are you in minnesota you're in minnesota no, aren't you? you're no, in minnesota? No, okay. I, I think minnesota is one of those states that is, is kind of weird with their their liquor isn't it it is uh, you have to get somebody to buy like two two pallets of it and luckily yeah yeah ben, ben, uh, get, our, get ben paul Morgan, yeah yeah, yeah paul, paul braun i'm you you and ben you hook it up you and ben ben morgan yeah, runs right. Rain, runs tono vodka first ranger bat buddy of mine's been on him and dale have been you guys have been awesome getting getting it out there man i appreciate so, it so, so, so we just had uh, our Freedom Jam concert. Um, I'm on the board. It's we're a nonprofit. Um, uh, nobody in the company or the organization takes one dime. Every bit of it goes straight back to uh, um, awesome. veteran charities. And this year, we uh, donated to Forgotten Coast Canine, which um, and, and they donated donated two dogs at the event. Wow. Yeah, dude, absolutely so crazy. Crap. And Dave Easterbrooks, who was also in Somalia with me, um, he's on their board. And then uh, um, we, the other charity was uh, Veterans Community Project. And they build uh, tiny home communities for veterans. I think they've got one in Kansas City. Um, and uh, but j- just phenomenal, man. They, uh, it's transitional housing. So the veteran comes in, he, he lives there until, and they have counseling on site 24 hours. Um, they transition them from there to, you know, wherever their next home is apartment, but anything that's not nailed down in that tiny home, they get to take with them. Um, you know, TV, you know, refrigerator. I mean, if it's not nailed down, they get to take it with them. That way they don't feel like they're leaving, you know, a full home and going and having to start all over again. So, uh, but, but just great organization. Um, hopefully next year you guys can come down. Uh, I told him to change the date, so it, we'll probably do it at the very end of September, so it doesn't conflict with you know your anniversary. And uh, um, but ho- hopefully you guys can you know come down and it, it's a great time. I mean, we just we, we have an absolute blast, man. Cool, cool. That's awesome, man. Yeah, so definitely check that out. And um, and yeah, that's the correct Instagram. So great having you on. Um, couple of things before we get out of here, I wanted to mention. Of course, uh, thoughts and prayers to our friends and listeners in Florida. Florida got hit 
extremely hard. There are people who have lost their homes. There are people who lost everything. There are people whose homes are completely flooded. Um, So to those people, yeah, definitely our deepest uh, prayers and thoughts are with you. Um, on a, on a lighter note, I know Chris, you wanted to mention, of course, uh, and by the time people hear this, you may have broke the record, but Aaron, uh, uh, judge tying the historical record, you know, the, the natural, the natty record. The natty record. Oh, I, 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 the reason I loved, I want to talk, not because I, I, I grew up on baseball and I'm a Yankees fan. I grew up on all sorts of sports, but because to me, I think we lost, we, we lose that athlete, that classy athlete. I don't think we have a lot of that anymore. Where I think we used to have it all the time. The Roger Starbucks, the Derek Jeters, right. you know, the Mookie Wilson's back on the Mets days, you know, those are Tom Seavers. I think judge brings that back. And I think we need more classy athletes that are breaking records out there and doing it. I hopefully as of right now, it's the right way. I hope it's, in the, I, you know, I, I, because we don't have a lot of that. And one thing with baseball, I'm a purist athlete. Baseball hasn't changed. You know, basketball has changed. Basketball adds the three-point line. Basketball, they let NBA players travel. They take five steps to score. Bas- <laughs> right. you know, football, football, you can't bump people within a certain yard line anymore. Where I used to play, you could right. handle them all the time. You, you can't hit people like they used to. But I got close, like coming across the middle, my feet came up and I mean, I was out for under. That would have been a personal foul. All sports have changed except baseball. Baseball is still a bat and a ball that's it and that's what i love and that's why i love seeing this record because it stood for years and i'm a yankees fan but also right. i'm a red sox fan so, oh i'm sorry See, they'll, oh, they'll, man. They'll be i'm a Mets fan so. but but also like he did it he, he you know he he did it so far and what i've seen is he did it classy he did it like jeter would do it and i yep. think jeter in the as far as the the, the last professional classy athlete it was Jeter and Mariano Rivera, those two. That I, and I think we've got away from the classy athletes now, and I think Judge brought it back. So that's why I want to mention that because I'm not a, I, you know, I don't watch sports as much as I used to, but I still love seeing a professional, professional, not just professional the way they act, the way they right. hit and play, but a professional human being because the the uh, the youth. They need they need that sort of, of role model that I kind of had growing up. The Bart Stars, the Roger Starbucks, the Bob Lillies, you know, the baseball players back in like I, I love Tom Seaver. I'm pretty proud I don't even know who Tom Seaver was. I love because he was a complete professional. Awesome with the Mets, awesome with the Johnny Bench, you know. I mean, it's just those are the guys if as a, a youngster when you emulate athletes that you admire. And, and, and more of our age, you know, even football, you know, Mike Singletary, um, uh, Peyton, Walter you know Peyton, Walter Peyton, yeah, you, you know, so um, those are two guys that you could really count on to, to be good role models, and, and really that's what kids need, especially since life yeah. is so hectic nowadays. Yeah, so, this is funny as a Mets fan though, hearing about like classy athlete and role model because you watch that '86 Mets, <laughs> that '86 Mets 30 for 30 documentary, they were all a mess. I mean, oh my gosh, yeah, the Dwight, they were Dwight Gooden and Daryl Strawberry, man, the Coke brothers. So oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you guys seen that by any chance? The '86 Mets 30 oh, yeah. for 30 because I oh, loved yeah. Lenny Dykstra was the most entertaining oh, of the whole thing where that guy from the team I don't remember who it is went up to Lenny Dykstra because he was this short guy yeah. and he goes, "What are you the uh, the Bat Boy?" And and he got in his face and he goes, listen, motherfucker, I'm Lenny Dykstra. I'm the best fucking player in this fucking team. You got it? Like, I I, I love that guy. I want to get I, a Dykstra jersey. It's a, <laughs> I, I, that's That was when I was collecting cards. I've got Dwight Gooden and Daryl Strawberry rookie cards. You know, and, they, and, honestly, and by the way, I will say role models 
Strawberry actually has turned his life yeah. around and yeah, is an extremely devoted Christian now. But Dwight Gooden is still, is he even alive or did he OD? No, he, he's alive. But I mean, every few years something happens. I think he's been fine for a little bit, but Strawberry's been clean yeah. for a long time. And, and if you go to Strawberry's Instagram, I've even looked into getting him on. His life is all about, honestly, Christ and his family. Yeah. I've said, and that's, that's, hey man, we all find our way. I found my way and I was a yep. fucked up individual for a long time. And uh, I found my way too. And I did Daryl Str- I, I I do, I follow those guys. I have baseball cards of all those guys when I was little. And some of them are worth a shit ton of money now. <laughs> There's my retirement. But um, I, I just, the reason I again would bring up Judge is because he reminds me of, he reminds me of Derek Jeter, man. And Jeter, you know, I I, I don't, I, I emulate more military people. I, I admire them more than I do professional athletes. But I do love a professional, a humble yep. professional that was, that's good at their craft because they worked their asses off. And they had a lot of natural ability too. And he reminded me of that. So that's why I wanted to mention it. And it's a big deal breaking uh, the natural record because Roger Maris's record has stood for how many years? Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Because because baseball has remained somewhat pure. It really has in comparison to the other professional sports out there. So that's why. Yeah. You know, I, I, I will say the Yankees have, have always, I, I don't know if it's in their credo, you know, as a, um, as an organization. It but, is. You have to be clean shaven. Yeah. You have to, you, that's part. But, you but can't be just, a Yankee without it. Yeah, they just don't 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 put up with you know hooligans. Um, you know they they they've always had some of the greatest held Mattingly. You know, yeah, yeah. Him and him uh, always you know go, going after each other um, as far as you know hitting and um, yeah. so. But yeah, it just the, the Yankees have always been a, a really squared away organization. No, it is true for the most part. I mean, and if you watch that, uh, and I did watch that Captain series on ESPN on Derek Jeter, and and I think one thing that kind of, uh, you know, encapt- encapsules like what they were was when Roger Clemens was flying a little bit off the handle and Derek yeah. Jeter says to him, uh, we don't do that here in New yeah. York, you know, yeah. stuff like that, I think stands out to people. Um, but this has been a great show. Loved covering all these movies with you guys. Thanks, of course, to Quinn Emerson for coming on. Yeah. And uh, actually, as we were recording this, I just got an email back. Chris is going to be out next episode, but I'm nerding out a little bit because, you know, you know, I love doing these types of interviews. Edsel Dope from Dope is coming on. And there is a military tie in there. I do know that Dope and Mushroom Head, when they were touring, they did have military discounts and that type of thing. But the wow. bigger the bigger Dope tie in, I would say, is and you guys might know this um die motherfucker die the song guys learned and Edsel's talked about this on interviews guys in the military learned how to shoot listening to that song and that song was on the list <laughs> of songs that were played when terrorists were being interrogated at gitmo die oh, that, 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 that sci- was on that's the a list song. Wow, that's, oh, yeah i could so see i'm that. definitely gonna ask him about that <laughs> cool well, I'm, I'll be out. Uh, another one I'll miss, but yeah, it'll be a good one, brother. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, Dale, man, thanks, buddy. I appreciate you coming on, brother. Thanks so much, man. All right. Take it easy, gentlemen. Perfect. I'm going to, I got to record the reads with Chris, but yeah, uh, yeah you're good to go, Dale. I'll have this right, up man. on Monday. Really appreciate this, man. I thought it was a fun show. Yeah, definitely was. And anytime, just let me know. Thanks. We'll dude. do it again. Thanks, man. All right, All right Dick. That's all for this episode of the Battleline Podcast. But we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk. Until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram 
at Battleline Podcast and on Twitter at Battleline Pod. To sign up for future Battleline tactical courses, go to www.christantoperanto.net. Believe in yourself, face all challenges head on, and as always, never, never quit. quit.